Podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. This episode of the Paracast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash Paracast. That's audiblepodcast.com slash Paracast. And now... On with the show. So, my friend Chris O'Brien, you're the co-host again this week because you're doing it so well, and we so enjoy having you. In fact, some people have been saying that, you know, this may be dangerous, you know, consider this, Chris, that you and I have been working better and better together, the chemistry is building, you know, the friendship and everything. <laughs> you know, maybe we've got to stop and quit while we're ahead. Yeah. I guess. Uh, well, you know, our other co-hosts are extremely busy right now. It's a busy time of year. We just got a uh, copy of uh, Nick's new book on uh, the NASA cover-ups. Can't wait to read it and get Nick on the show to talk about it. But he can't even get on the show to talk about his own book. He's so busy. It's frustrating. Yeah, he actually has a day job. That's amazing. So we yeah. do hope to talk about NASA conspiracies. And Nick is telling me that he hopes to join us sometime in mid-December cool. for one of our episodes. So we'll definitely schedule that. NASA conspiracies. I wonder what that's about. Maybe, for example, whether the moon landings took place. We had some active threads in the PowerCast forums about that once upon a time. I don't think it's happened lately. The biggest conspiracy is why NASA's kind of given up the ghost there. They've just abandoned everything. But that's politics. Yeah. Well, it's also yeah. money. Yeah, they don't want to fund that kind of thing. Nobody cares about the space program. I think E.T. has to land or something has to happen to encourage us to look spaceward again. I mean, basically, if you look at the space program, all the things we achieved as of 1969 with the moon landing, and what's happened since then? The space shuttle is 25-year-old technology. Yeah. Well, we've gone to Mars a couple times, and, uh, you know, we've sent some probes, Galileo and other probes out into the cosmos. But, yeah, we, in terms of actual manned missions, it's, uh, it's pretty grim, uh, except for, you know, floating around in space and putting up uh, exotic technology for the military. I mean, there's really not much going on. The space station's project is winding up, and, uh, oh, boy, what can you do? And you kind of wonder here, do they have, as some have suggested, a secret space program? In other well, words, what we do publicly is very simple, very basic, but all that advanced tech technology from Area 51, maybe it's happening under the table, secret. Who knows? Uh, I would bet money on that. And In fact, there's probably an odds maker in Vegas that would make book on that one. Well, there's always a book for that. In fact, there's an app for that. And we had Michael Esposito on the show, <laughs> and we were talking about ways that you can capture EMF energy, possibly get voices from beyond. Yeah. We talked about buying specific types of equipment to accomplish that task. But what, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you can go onto iTunes and you have an iPhone, and we know that, what, there are 50 or 60 million iPhones, there's, of course, the iPod Touch, there's the iPad, there's like 125 or 135 million people who have these devices and can use these products. So there is an app called Paranormal Recorder that's available from yeah. some company called Excel Tech, and supposedly it automates all these processes. Yeah, it looks really good. There's a cool sort of YouTube review of it where the um, the guy goes through all the particular features that it has. If it performs as advertised, it's it's quite a useful tool. You could have that at the ready in any given situation, any time, anywhere. And it's got a tri-field meter. It's got a, an EVP recorder. It's got 
all sorts of interesting uh, <laughs> sensing equipment built in. I, I'm kind of slack-jawed uh, looking at the review. It's very interesting. I think it's a great idea. Well, I'm looking at the app now. It has not been updated in well over a year. It's version 1.0 from September 2009. And one thing they tell you in the tech field, and we don't get into the technology that much except for something like possibly recording voices from the spirit world, and that is that when you get a 1.0 app, it's apt to be buggy. So we find the paranormal recorder has mixed reviews, three stars. So it means it's okay, but, you know, I don't see that it's really lighting the fire of many people. But it's also $2.99, no refunds, so no promises. But if you want to play with it, you know, it's a rather, you know, trivial expense. Basically, you buy one less coffee at Starbucks. Yeah. And you've covered the cost of this. By the way, they have one other app, by the way, which is cool. It's called Fake-A-Call. What Fake-A-Call is is that you get a phone call from someone. You're in the middle of talking to somebody you don't want to talk to. You want to get rid of them. So it will send you the Fake-A-Call message. You pick up the phone and you pretend there's some kind of family emergency and you disappear. Fake-A-Call. That sounds like a more interesting app than Paranormal Recorder. (laughs) Well, maybe uh, a bit more useful. Perhaps, perhaps. Speaking of useful... We always promote the Paracast forums at forum.paracast.com. And on last week's show, we were, you know, kind of saddened to see that only one post had appeared in the forums about the appearance of Jacques Vallée. I mean, highly anticipated, a great hour spent with Dr. Vallée, but only one response. And then the dam broke. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'll say. Yeah, with uh, I think the thread has sort of, I think it devolved into a um, let's slam the idea of the trickster mode, which I think is, is kind of interesting because I get the impression that some of our more skeptical listeners and participants in the forum have a, I think they think I blame everything that happens in reality on the trickster and that I am, I'm a total believer and I'm, I've drunk the trickster Kool-Aid and nothing could be further from the truth and I, I just find it really interesting that people think that I'm uh, my, my critical thinking is flawed and that how could I possibly believe in some of these outlandish theories that are out there including um, my idea of the trickster as being a some sort of causal element to paranormal phenomena there's so many armchair experts out there who don't do their research who don't get up to speed on a particular subject just sit back and poo-poo it or, or slag it and uh, of course the very fact that I even say that on the forum and, and get slagged for that is <laughs> is actually quite humorous to me. I, I think there's a lot of people out that just like to hear the sound of their fingers typing. Especially if they're using a noisy keyboard. Now, you remarked before we started that I tend to have a rather noisy computer keyboard like this. Yeah, you, you attack it. I like that, actually. I, I'm a keyboard attacker, too. So, Well, I have one of these tactile pro keyboards from Matthias, and that's a plug. We're not getting any money from them. This is the old-fashioned Apple extended keyboard revisited with a solid mechanical switch instead of these thin membrane switches. Yeah. It gives you a solid keyboard response. Yeah, I love those. I, I love wearing the letters off. <laughs> you can't wear the letters off this one. They <laughs> are laser etched. On the keyboard. You can't wear them off. It is a solid thing. The only thing, it's about $150. So, you know, unless you have a very generous relative or friend to get you a Christmas present, it may not happen. But think of this. It could work on the Mac. It could work under Windows. More important that when you buy this keyboard, you don't throw it away in two years. 
you know, most of the keyboards yeah. you get with personal computers now are worth what a dollar and a half, and and they yeah. last, you know, it's disposable. Months. Disposable. Our guest is someone not disposable. Oh boy. Oh, this guy. You know, we've had him on the show before, but most of the time he's a member of the panel. Yeah. We're focusing on Jim Mosley, or as he used to refer to himself, James W. Mosley. And he's been in the UFO field for something like 60 years, almost 60 years now. He's author of a book that came out like five, six years ago called Shockingly Close to the Truth, which tells about his travels in the UFO field where he's met the movers and shakers from Major Donald Kehoe. He met people like George Adamski, the contactee, Howard Menger. I worked with Jim for a number of years, and before I got into commercial radio for the first time, my first full-time job, real paid job, was as a managing editor of Jim's magazine, Saucer News. Now, Saucer News is gone. Today, he has something called Saucer Smear, and it's kind of a (laughs) jocular look at the UFO field. Serious, not so serious. Or as they say in the movie, The Dark Knight, why so serious? Well, one thing that you can say is he's the he's a trickster, if not the trickster of ufology. He's uh, he kind of you, they broke the mold when Jim came along. Indeed, this one-on-one session with Jim Mosley is something I've really personally been looking forward to for a long, long time, and I've spent so many hours over the years talking to Jim Mosley. There'll never be another like Jim Mosley. Coming up next on the Paracast. <laughs> As you know, the PowerCast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks. With more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers, for listeners of the PowerCast, Audible.com is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. One book to consider, for example, is Above Top Secret, the worldwide UFO cover-up by Timothy Good. Timothy Good, as you know, has been a guest on the PowerCast. Yet another book worth considering from Audible.com is Lies and Deception, UFOs and the Secret Agenda. From Timothy Good once again, and also from our old friend Nick Pope. As you know, Nick Pope has also been on the PowerCast. This is another book that you're definitely going to want to check out. For this book or another free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash paracast. That's audiblepodcast.com slash paracast. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. Hi, this is Alex Jones. You've heard me talk about the delicious, easy-to-fix, and very storable foods from eFoodsDirect.com. I've told you for years that eFoodsDirect has the best storable food on the planet. Now it's that time of year again. 
and their holiday special is here. They have two holiday price packs for you to put into your reserves for a secure future or to share with others. The first is a six-month bulk supply in 10 cans. And the second is a five-week supply of quick and easy-to-fix meals, including delicious bakery items shipped in heavy tote bags. Now, for a limited time, when you order two or more of these special holiday packs, you'll get free shipping on your entire order. Call now, 800-409-5633, or visit them at efoodsdirect.com forward slash Alex. That's 800-409-5633, or efoodsdirect.com forward slash Alex. Question, what would you rather drink, acidic water which burns holes in your body and causes loss of bone mass, or alkaline water which promotes high energy and vibrant health? The answer is clear. And if you're drinking acidic water, you're helping cancer cells and bacteria to grow out of control. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals. Using Plasma pH Drops is the best way to alkalize your water and help you get rid of acid and regain your health and energy. Simply put 10 drops in the water you drink to raise the pH to a healthy alkaline level. Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. Disease organisms like bacteria, viruses, or cancer cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops now by going directly to AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or by calling 269-409-1776. Again, 269-409-1776. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com Get in on all the action at forum.theparacast.com We're joined by one of my oldest friends because there are very few people older than him on the planet. He's Jim Mosley. His publication Saucer Smear. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Deep in the Paracast as we explore the underbelly of ufology. Sex and saucers. UFO tricksters. And Jim Mosley, are you the UFO trickster of the ages? Well, I'm only one of them. I think Reed Barker was more tricky than I am, and uh, there have been others. Uh, I have had my share of tricks, yes. But let's talk about the serious side for a moment. And part of that is the book you wrote several years ago with the late Carl Flock called Shockingly Close to the Truth. And this is based, I guess, in some part on the diaries you kept of all your interactions in the UFO field. I mean, you went around the country back in the early 1950s interviewing the people who were the movers and shakers in the field at that time, right? Yeah, well, that's right. It's not continuing diary, although I do keep a diary, but the beginning point of the material that we use in the book was certainly this vast amount of typewritten notes that I made in 1953 when I did, as you just said. I went around the country from New Jersey where I lived. And I went down through the southern route, you might say, to Los Angeles and then back more or less through the central part of the country, taking about five or six weeks and interviewing uh, the people that wrote the early 
books on the subject, others of importance who had made the public statements on the subject, others who had made important sightings. One of the more interesting interviews that I had was with uh, Harry S. Truman at his office in uh, Missouri, which was quite an interesting thing. You know what? So, tell yes. us about that. Let's start with Harry S. Truman, okay? Because you wonder, Harry Truman, UFOs, where's the synergy? Where's what? Where's the synergy? Where's the connection? Was it oh, thought well, of at the uh, time that he had any information or knowledge, other than the fact that he was president when some of the earliest UFO cases occurred in the modern era? Well, for instance, I didn't know anything about Roswell at the time that I met uh, Truman. Uh, that was in early 1954 when I met him. I had never heard of Roswell, the MJ-12 documents, whatever they may allegedly be, had not been released yet, so I didn't have any important specific questions to ask uh, Truman. But what happened was, after he left office, he had a, uh, a small office of his own in, uh, it wasn't Kansas City, I always forget the name of the smaller town in Missouri, but anyway, I believe he was actually in the phone book, so I called him up and he answered the phone, and I think that was on a Saturday, and I said that I was writing a book on flying saucers, and I'd like to interview them. And he said, sure. He said, come in Monday morning between 9 and 12 or something like that. So he didn't make a definite time for an appointment, but he, he told me when he would be there. So I was different then. Now I do very little in the mornings, but at that time I would get up early and do anything I had to do. So I, I was there early morning to see Truman, and uh, he was alone. I, I figured out later that he was not alone. There were two rooms to the office. There was someone in the inner office who he was keeping waiting while he talked to me, and that must have been the reason that he was rather in a hurry, and I had hoped that he would not be in a hurry. And when I saw nobody else in the outer office, uh, at first I thought, well, it's just me, and we can take our time. But he was uh, kind of rushed and not too... Uh, interested uh, in talking about this subject. He, he tried to be polite, but uh, he was looking forward to the moment when I would uh, go out the door. Uh, we didn't talk more than probably three or four minutes. I don't remember the whole conversation, but the main thing that he said uh, to me only, I don't think he's ever revealed uh, this to anyone else. He said, in regard to UFOs, he said, I've never seen a purple cow. I never hope to see one. And I thought that was a, a revelation of his feelings about the subject. It's interesting to note, though, that you can actually see a former president make an appointment with him directly. I mean, nowadays, any recent president, anyone beyond Truman, you know, those who are still with us, you'd have to go through the Secret Service clearance. You'd have to go through 77,000 assistants. It would be a near impossible task. But here's a guy you can pick up the telephone and call him up and said, well, hey, can well, I see yeah, you tomorrow? That was, that was in a different era altogether, and I've certainly thought of all that. There was no Secret Service around. There was nobody. If I had had an interest in uh, shooting Truman, I would just put the gun in my pocket. Uh, when he opened the door, shoot him and walk out the door. I don't know if it was an office building. Somebody might hear the shot, but he had no more protection than anybody else in the building. It was just uh, interesting to me. And, of course, later with the assassination of Kennedy and all the other things that have gone wrong in recent years. I mean, you're right. It's uh, just from another era, from another world almost. But, of course, you didn't learn anything from him except that one comment, that one telling comment, which basically says he thought it was all a joke. 
Well, yeah, if you'd like to hear it, I met Truman a, a second time, quite a few years later. I don't remember the exact year, but I was down in Clarksburg, West Virginia, visiting my friend Gray Barker, and as some of your listeners know, Gray and I were friends for many years and did various things together, uh, which we'll go into later, perhaps. Anyway, uh, it was in the newspapers that Truman was coming into town, I believe he came in support of a Democratic candidate for governor. It was something like that. And, and you know that in politics, if you can get, oh, an ex-president or any other celebrity to come and, and uh, make a speech in your favor as part of your campaign, then actually that's a feather in your cap. So anyway, he was, he was in town for a political reason, uh, and he was going to have a press conference the next day. And uh, so Gray and I, this, this was the fun part. I had a completely fake uh, press card. And in those days, there was a thing called the, the accredited press. Uh, and all they did was sell press cards. They were not a, a real agency at all. It was just a guy selling cards. And uh, Gray Barker had a, uh, a movie camera on a tripod. And uh, for some reason, he deliberately did not put any film in the camera. I asked him why, and he wouldn't explain it. So he carries this big tripod uh, and camera with him. And I had a, a still camera and my uh, accredited press card. So, now, this is uh, interesting because accredited press might be akin to a diploma mill. You know, a diploma mill is someplace oh, yeah. you spend a certain amount of money and you get yourself a doctorate degree, which some people in the UFO field who had the name doctor ahead of their names, they didn't go to a school. They didn't yes, attend like any that. classes. They simply sent a check and got a degree. Like, uh, so you got like a press Kevin card Rand in the same fashion. Like Kevin Randall, I was going to say. Well, uh, all right. Well, he, Kevin Randall disputes that, and let's not argue about Kevin Randall, because I grant that, you know, you don't accept his degree. Kevin Randall has gone on at length saying... No, 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 no. I accept his degree. Uh, there's no argument about anything. He went to a... Uh, correspondence school to get his doctorate. It wasn't a complete farce, but it's, as he said to me personally, one of the times that I met him, he said, it's not Harvard, but it's better than nothing. So yeah, he has a mail-order PhD, and, and that's, as he said, better than nothing. And at least, you know, in that sense, you know, if the degree involved taking the real courses and everything, you know, how can you object? Right. We have Jim Mosley joining us We're on the Paracast this week. Our co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You are in the Paracast. Hey, neighbors. In this ongoing, challenging economy, companies of all sizes must find new ways to cut costs. Every dollar saved helps the bottom line. That's why I recommend a web conferencing solution for your business. Go to Meeting. It helps improve overall business communications and efficiencies, not to mention improving the global economy. The easiest, most affordable for me is Go to Meeting, brought to you by Citrix. Reduce time on the road by presenting training and demonstrating online. Improve conference calls by collaborating in real time by sharing your screens. Go to Meeting is the best way to increase your productivity and cut costs. I've used Go to Meeting. It's great. My listeners can try Go to Meeting free for 45 days. That's one month of unlimited online meetings free. For this special offer, go to gotomeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use their promo code PODCAST. That's gotomeeting.com, promo code PODCAST, for the special free 45-day trial. Check it out. You worry. We do too. So that's why we made the new ofthefield.com website. 
New features include the ability to grow and expand, the Free Foragers Forum, and an ultra-secure e-commerce platform. In celebration of our launch, from now until December 6th, take 10% off on everything in our learning resources area by using the coupon code NEWSITE. That's N-E-W-S-I-T-E, no spaces. With this new platform, it is our commitment to serve the foraging community with questions, tips, tricks, and advice freely asked for and given by all. In these times, the strong and principled must stick together, share information, and form bonds stronger than any food tyranny. Wild food is both free to own and free to take, and together we can keep it that way. So go to ofthefield.com and use coupon code NEWSITE or call 888-51-EAT-FREE and give the gift that gives for life. That's ofthefield.com or call 888-51-EAT-FREE. All of nature's bounty lies at your feet. Where have all the military surplus stores gone? Don't worry, you don't need one. Because everything you need at Military Surplus is at MainMilitary.com. That's M-A-I-N-E Military.com, one of the last surviving true military surplus stores in the country. Go online now to MainMilitary.com and discover a source for hard-to-find surplus items at true surplus prices. Surplus gun cleaning kits as low as $2.99. Complete chemical suits as low as $11.99. See our huge selection of gas masks, filters, and accessories. Finish it. M10 gas masks are three for $30, and Swiss filters are three for $12. Searching for Strike Anywhere matches? MainMilitary.com has them, plus a whole new product line of survival and first aid kits and lots more. Get free shipping on orders over $50 only at MainMilitary.com. That's M-A-I-N-E Military.com. Or call 877-608-0179, 877-608-0179. MainMilitary.com, the main name in military supply. Attention GCN listeners, do you have a Patriot on your Christmas list that's nearly impossible to shop for? How would you like the ability to get top-of-the-line, hard-to-find gifts at equally hard-to-beat prices without leaving the comfort of your home? Why fight the crowd? Simply log on to your computer for great gifts and deals for the off-the-grid enthusiast in your family. At offthegridchristmas.com, you'll find great prices on the most popular off-the-grid gifts available today. At offthegridchristmas.com, you'll find unbeatable deals on emergency backup power, herb and vegetable seeds, dehydrated foods, emergency evacuation packs, solar ovens, gun safes, and a host of truly unique stocking stuffers. In these hard times, why not give a gift that really can a gift that could truly make a difference. Go to offthegridchristmas.com and our Christmas video highlighting perfect gifts for the off-the-grid fans in your family. Unbeatable gear, unbeatable prices, no more searching. Offthegridchristmas.com, that's offthegridchristmas.com. On air, online, and on demand, we are the GCN Radio Network. You're in the Paracast. You never know what's going to happen next. We are joined by my old friend Jim Mosley. He has Saucer Smear. We'll tell you how to get a copy. It's not on the newsstand. And we're talking about Jim's travels through the UFO well, field through the years. And we were ending up the previous session with discussions of Kevin Randall and his mail-order degree, right? Well, before that, before we got off the subject, I was telling you about the second time that I met Truman in, in uh, West Virginia. 
And so uh, my friend Gray Barker and I went over to this press conference, which we had no business going to. Uh, but uh, in those days, again, nobody cared. So uh, this was the fun part. They had a little room where they put, oh, about a dozen of us that were waiting to see uh, Truman. Uh, and uh, you would think normally if you were going to have liquor, you'd have a bartender or something, but they didn't have one. All they had was uh, all kinds of hard liquor, mix and ice and glasses and it was mix your own so Barker and I had drank lavishly for about a half an hour while we were waiting for Truman and then finally someone came to the door and said the president will see you now which is an odd way of putting it because he was no longer president but anyway we went in uh, to another room and uh, sort of a classroom and Truman was in the front of the room answering questions well, I'm trying not to be too long-winded, but this is a pretty good story. So he's answering routine questions from the real members of the press. And uh, finally, Truman says, you know, everywhere I go, people ask me the same questions. And I, I just get tired of it. He said, it doesn't anyone here have an interesting question? Well, that was my cue. It's like from a script. It was perfect. <laughs> so I, having had a couple of drinks especially, I suddenly stood up and said, yes, uh, Mr. Truman, I, I do have a question on an unusual subject. And then I mentioned briefly that I'd seen him before. He wouldn't remember it, but I started asking him about his... Oh, I asked him if he had any reason in the intervening years to change his opinion about flying saucers. And he, he fielded the question somehow. I don't remember his exact words, but there was laughter throughout the room. I uh, rephrased the question two or three times and there was more laughter and then I let it drop and on my way out of the door I shook hands with Truman and Gray Barker took a still picture with my camera and that picture is in shockingly close to the truth the end <laughs> are you still awake? <laughs> is anybody awake? I'm listening with rapt attention Jim in fact oh. we've got Chris tied to the chair he can't leave <laughs> <laughs> well you don't get these stories for nothing, whatever that means. Well, you know, maybe they're not worth nothing, but we're going to get as many stories out of you as we can. Okay, so Truman, you know, might have been fun, but not illuminating. You also had encounters with Major Donald Kehoe that weren't always so friendly, I gather. Now, Kehoe is an interesting personage because... He was a former military balloon pilot back in the 1920s. He retired at the rank, I guess, of major. He was an aviation writer. He became a UFO writer beginning in 1950 with the book Flying Saucers from Outer Space. Talk about being objective as to where they are. So you had some contacts with Keo. Tell us about that. Yeah, you just told me something I had never known. He was a, a balloon pilot? That's my recollection, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that, if that, if that, someone that, thinks I'm wrong, correct me, but I remember it being a balloon pilot, yeah. Well, I've never read that or heard that, but that's very interesting. It makes him sound ludicrous, but never mind. I, it makes I him sound him, like he's got a lot of hot air. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I met him twice briefly. Uh, he, I forget how it went, but he had heard of me. I was trying to write a book on saucers at that time. 
as I mentioned, and I was interviewing people. I was staying at a hotel in Washington one time, and he came by uh, with an appointment, I suppose, and we talked for a few minutes, but rather coolly, because I hadn't done anything up to that point to really annoy him, but he saw me as a rival trying to write a saucer book while he was trying to write his second book, I guess. So it was rather a cool thing, and there was another time I found out where he lived out in Virginia somewhere, and I found a way, I guess I drove out to his house and appeared suddenly, <laughs> and maybe he was having a party or something, and he saw me and I rather looked uh, horrified and uh, basically threw me out. So those were the only times that I met him. You know, he had a... Uh, Posh office in, in Washington, D.C., which I imagine you went to. I never did. We went and, to the uh, nightcap offices, but we did meet Major Kehoe in Luray, Virginia, not in the caverns. You know, we heard of the famous Luray Caverns. And no, we didn't meet him there, but we met him, I think, at a diner or something. And he seemed like oh, a pleasant yeah. sort. This was the same day or the day before we went to nightcap headquarters, and Richard Hall was there, and he said, you're not welcome here, as he pointed his shaking finger at me. Oh, yes, I've heard this legendary story. I was not with you, but he you were with another couple of guys, and he threw you all out, right? Right, Alan Greenfield, I think Rick Hilberg, and some other people. Yeah, well, what had you done up to that point to uh, get him upset? I never found out. I do know that later on we kind of buried the hatchet, but... When I wanted to have him on the Paracast, I guess it was too late. He wasn't in good health, and he wasn't really getting involved in doing radio appearances. This is the mid-1960s, and yeah, well, you know. the only thing that happened was that I was working for you. I was working I for the opposition. I think that was it. I think that must have had something to do with it. And also the fact that uh, Richard Hall, who died just recently, was, I assume, a, a very uptight guy. I don't think I ever formally had a conversation with him, except once on the telephone. He was uh, uh, at his desk. He was uh, managing uh, something at, at NICAP. I forget his exact title. He was like second in the command to... Uh, Kehoe, and uh, he was the day-to-day -day guy, Jim. You know, Kehoe would come in there once or twice a week, as I took it, and basically yeah. Richard Hall did all the grunt work. Yeah, right. He was the office manager or something. Well, I called him about something, and he went paranoid on me. This is one of my favorite stories, also. Uh, and uh, he said, "You're taping this." And I said, no, I'm not taping this. And it went on like that. And, you know, it, it, it pissed me off that he was accusing me of something that I hadn't done. And uh, I screamed at him, you're paranoid. And I hung up. And that's the only time we ever talked on the phone. The reason that it annoyed me is, as you would know, Gene, as you know me better than most people in the field do, I am a very, very non-technical person. I'm not on the Internet. And I don't even have voicemail on, on my telephone and none of this stuff. And I have uh, never owned a, a recorder uh, that could be used to tape a uh, telephone call. And so I was rather righteously indignant. And uh, uh, I didn't like Hall after that and vice versa. And again, as you may recall, it's not more than about... Uh, a year ago, uh, no, no, it'd have to be, be more than that because uh, Flock was involved in it. Maybe about five years ago, Flock was doing some kind of an interview with Hall, 
in in regard to my uh, book or the joint book that uh, Flock and I had written together. And Hall's comment was uh, about me uh, like a, a steaming turd on the living room carpet. And uh, I've quoted that several times in Saucer Smear because I uh, have never been insulted in such a colorful way, and I was really quite oh, pleased. Wait, hold on, Jim. You've been insulted in a colorful way. What did John Keel call you? No, no, he he called me. I, I, I've heard that for so long, I've lost, uh, you know, the excitement of it. He he called me a boil on the ass of bufology. And, uh, That's pretty he, colorful. Well, he... <laughs> He uh, said that probably thinking that that would get rid of me or hush me up or something. And what I did to get even with him, I put that on the masthead of Saucer Smear every few months for years. And uh, <laughs> You basically extol the virtues of that comment. We have to extol the virtues of our benefactors to keep this show going. We have Jim Mosley. The publication is Saucer Smear. We're taking an incredible journey into the backwoods of UFO field. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Fate Magazine provides true reports of the strange and unknown. Keep up with the latest on angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, life after death, and much, much more. To receive your free issue of Fate Magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. Hi, this is Tamar from Namecheap. We're a domain name and web hosting company, and we really care about our customers. With domain name purchases, Namecheap offers free SSL and free WhoisGuard for a year to protect your identity from spammers. Most importantly, we care about you. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at radio.namecheap.com, radio.namecheap.com for web hosting and domain name specials. You can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Namecheap or become a fan of ours on Facebook at facebook.com slash Namecheap. See you online. I'm concerned about food for my family in the event of an emergency. And I know you are too. Are you ready? Don't wait for an emergency to happen. Put a plan together now with quality dehydrated food from Ready Reserve Foods. For nearly 40 years, Ready Reserve Foods has been in continuous operation canning the finest in dehydrated foods. Other companies just broker canned foods. Ready Reserve is the manufacturer controlling quality from start to finish with double enameled cans and nitrogen packing for maximum shelf life. Ready Reserve offers a balanced selection of fruits, vegetables, dairy products, proteins, and grains. Choose from a variety of pre-selected units or order by individual can to customize your own plan. When you purchase from Ready Reserve Foods, you are buying factory direct at wholesale prices. Call today for a free catalog, 1-800-453-2202, or visit readyreservefoods.com. Call 1-800-453-2202. Ready Reserve Foods, factory direct, wholesale pricing. 
Becoming a modern smoker is now easier and more cost-effective, thanks to LeSig. Traditional smokers the world over love LeSig. E-cigarettes with a look, feel, and taste of real cigarettes, but without the nasty smoke, ashes, or stains. LeSig is powered by revolutionary microelectronic technology. A small, rechargeable battery and unique replaceable cartridge provide all the satisfaction and benefits of smoking without the smoke and all the hazards. See the large variety of LeSig e-cigarette supplies and accessories at LeSig.com. That's L-E-C-I. LeSig is competitively priced, comes with the best customer service, a 30-day warranty, and satisfaction guaranteed. What a great gift idea. For a 10% discount, mention GCN when you call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Ask for fast, free, same-day shipping. Order online at LeSig.com and use promo code GCN at checkout. That's L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig, for today's modern smoker. It's the winter cold and flu supplement sale at HerbalHealer.com. Take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on the best cold and flu supplements available. Many of you know elderberry is exceptional against viral infections. Right now, Herbal Healer Academy has elderberry power. Regularly priced at $16.95, now incredibly low at only $10 for 60 vegetarian caps. For children and seniors, our Herbal Healer Academy flew away elderberry liquid is only $13 for a 4-ounce bottle. Also on Super Sale, olive leaf capsules, oregano oil plus capsules, and our incredible Respirate formula, Oregacillin Physician Strength Capsules for your lungs. Normally $34.95, now just $25. Hit the winter specials link at HerbalHealer.com for these cold and flu supplement specials and other on-sale products like apple cider vinegar, brain power, and neuro recovery. New customers get a free catalog with your first order. Log on and hit the winter specials now at HerbalHealer.com. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Jim Mosley joining us. The publication is Saucer Smear. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Paracast. Going back to Kehoe, now there was one other thing where there was a source of opposition between you and he, and that was you were able to actually see Air Force Project Blue Book sightings, but he had to get them through a second source. You got into the office and actually took notes, right? Yeah, well, that's a very interesting story. It was just a really an accident and a matter of timing, but... This really drove Kehoe off the wall. He uh, had a, a friend in the Pentagon. There was always a junior officer at the saucer desk. And I think it was Al Chopper at that time, uh, the guy on the desk, uh, and Kehoe was friendly with him. But uh, uh, Kehoe could not come in and see the actual Project Blue Book uh, uh, volumes, uh, but uh, Chop would read him portions of certain cases over the phone. I mean, like a cheese or something. So uh, uh, he just would have to jot down whatever Chop said, I guess. Well, going on from there, I forget exactly when it was, but I just went to the uh, Pentagon and I didn't know anybody, but I found the uh, little office where, where the saucer desk, so to speak, was. And no, it was a different officer that I saw, not Chuck. But anyway, they said, yeah, come on in. Uh, 
And uh, these are the uh, Project Blue Book reports. I think it went from about 1 to 12 or something, uh, and uh, over a period of a few years. And then it stopped at that point. Well, that's another story. So anyway, the ones that they had there, which were presumably 1 through 12, I was able to look at, I couldn't take them out of the office or photograph them, but uh, I could copy any of them that I wanted, or all of them, and they let me sit at a desk and gave me a typewriter. And I came in two or three days in a row, and I, I copied everything that I wanted, and uh, then I stopped uh, coming in. Well, when Kehoe heard about that, he went uh, ballistic. I mean, because here again, his rival had gotten something that he had never gotten. And uh, he made such a stink about that, probably with higher-ups in the Pentagon, that for all intents and purposes, those volumes were reclassified. No one but me ever was able to come in and do that, because by the time the next person might have gotten there, Kehoe had lowered the boom. So, uh, so basically, Donald Kehoe created me, his own uh, silence group by uh, becoming obnoxious? Yeah, uh, for someone that was so heavily yelling uh, about uh, information on saucers being given to the public, it didn't seem that he was particularly anxious for it to happen in that way, did it? Yeah. Wow. So there well, you indeed. go. So, of course, you talked about the silence group, about how the Air Force was so busy hiding information from people like Donald Kehoe, and maybe in part, maybe in part it was because of the fact that he raised a stink because of his interactions with Jim Mosley. How history has been impacted by your presence? Oh, indeed. There would have been no history if I wasn't here. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> I hear chuckling in the background. That must be your your co-host who is apparently either has a voice just like yours, Gene, or else he is mute because I have not. Are you there, Chris? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, believe me, I'm. Uh, oh, oh, okay, I'm all here. right. Well, you sound just like Gene. Listen, uh, I know you've written some good books, and I actually read uh, most of one of them. The one about the canyon in Colorado. Yeah, the uh, San Luis Valley. You read the Mysterious Valley, actually, and you gave me a, a good review, which uh, actually uh, I was quite gratified uh, that you did, and, and thank you again for that. Well, you've written several books, and I understand from Gene, uh, well, I think even in the books uh, that you were writing in earlier days, you were what I would call 4D-ish. I mean, you're sort of like me. You're not a nuts and bolts guy. You think it's more complex than that, right? Oh, absolutely. There's no question in my mind. Well, I hope we get into that later because uh, anyone who's sort of liberated like that, I enjoy talking to. I'm getting tired of the, uh, it has to be uh, interplanetary or else you go to hell. That type of uh, attitude, uh, you know, gets to me after a while. Well, well, for me, you've been a real inspiration, and, and uh, I think your attitude and the, the gleam in your eye and the sparkle in your retorts have been a real inspiration for me over the years, and uh, it's, really, uh, it's really quite a, uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show and, and well, to be able you. to talk thank to you. you. Thank you very much. And this is not a eulogy, Jim. We want to have you on the show many, many more times. Yep. Well, after I croak, I'm not going to come back on. Except uh, very faintly. Well, we'll have a Ouija board session, and we'll get you get you back on that way. How's you know that? what? Maybe um, we can do this: is have a Ouija board session where we hook you up with Richard Hall. Yes. 
<laughs> well, where where he is, I think it's rather warm. I don't know if you can reach him directly, but we can try. Perpetual well, I, summer. I'm not sure if it's, it's warm, but it's definitely crusty. Yes. All right, let's go back to the 1950s. Now, you took this trip for the purpose of writing a book, but the book never came to pass, at least at that time. What happened? Well, I don't really know what happened. Uh, at the beginning, I knew a uh, adventure writer uh, named Ken Trapine, and I met him in 1953, and he, he was going to co-author a book with me, and he, he was a published author. He wrote for True and Argosy very frequently in that period of time, and uh, those were big magazines in those days and paid probably a couple of thousand dollars for article, which uh, kept this Crepine, uh, gave him a livelihood for a period of years. And understand so I, today, if you write for a magazine, most magazines, you'd be lucky to get a fraction of that. Yeah, and not only that, you know, with the inflation and all, that was equal to a much larger sum in, in, in today's money. Yeah, what, $2,000 in 1955 is what, like eight ten thousand $10,000 today? I would assume so, yeah. But anyway, so I was impressed because he was a published writer and I wasn't, and he, he was an interesting, uh, very amusing guy, and I liked him, but that's another long story. So anyway, he said, well, yeah, we'll write a, a saucer book together. Uh, you go out, you Mosley, go out, get all the material. <laughs> you know, as I look back on it, he, you know, he sort of set it up in his favor. I go around at my time and expense and get all the material, and then, you know, he'll carry me as co-author and perhaps rewrite it or add something of his own, and then we would have a jointly written book. Well, actually, it didn't turn out that way. He and I had a falling out, and I uh, realized very quickly that what he had in mind was something absurd that would ridicule the uh, subject completely because he had no serious interest in it and uh, was not a, a serious guy in any sense of the word. So it just did not work out. And after that, I didn't really push the idea too much. I tried... Henry Holt uh, once, I sent him a couple of chapters in an outline, I remember, and Henry Holt was uh, a keynote publisher, which is another reason perhaps he hated me, he might have heard that I sent this in. And they turned me down, but uh, very gently, they said, we'd be interested in your book, but we're just uh, getting ready to uh, publish another book by Major Kehoe. So uh, he uh, beat me on that particular round, and... Uh, his second or third book came out, and my first book didn't. So I never got serious about it again until 45 years later, approximately. And I uh, had gotten to know Carl Flock, and we came very close with him. Flock, most people don't realize, had uh, been a, uh, a science fiction buff, and had uh, he was also a ghostwriter. He was a very good writer, but he didn't have the reputation that uh, some other people had, so he'd ghostwritten. Uh, two or three uh, books, uh, I don't remember the names of them, but I think they were mainly in the science fiction field. But in the meanwhile, he was seriously interested in saucers, and he had been involved in a small way with NICAP, uh, going that far back. So uh, he and I uh, worked out a agreement to uh, 
more or less uh, split the uh, royalties for for this book, and uh, it was a perfect uh, collaboration. I mean, we would mail chapters back and forth to each other, and then discuss the details of the telephone. We never had any trouble. On uh, a few occasions, we had a disagreement. I would just give in to him because I figured he's not older in years, but he's more experienced than I, and knows more what he's talking about. So we did it his way, and it worked out beautifully. Now, I understand something here, ladies and gentlemen. Jim Mosley doesn't own a computer. He uses a typewriter, the old-fashioned way. You know, I saw an episode of the TV show Lie to Me, where Tim Roth plays this doctor who could look at your facial expressions and your hand movements and know if you're lying, and he uses a regular typewriter. Jim Mosley uses a regular typewriter. In fact, we have a question in our forums about where he gets the ribbons or something like that. We'll go into that in a moment. Jim Mosley, he wrote the book with the late Carl Flock called Shockingly Close to the Truth. I mentioned there a few times, therefore I love the book. It's great anyway if I wasn't in there. He's editor of Saucer Smear. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Do you notice, Jim, how the timing has worked out? Chris is maybe 130 miles from me, but we have that timing so perfect. We've rehearsed it for hours. That's amazing. Isn't it? Just astounding. Jim Mosley joins us. Chris O'Brien is the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast for hour number two. Jim has been taking us on his great path. So we had a question in our forums here about, you know, you're using a standard typewriter. Where do you get typewriters? Where do you get typewriter ribbons? Well, before we go into that, uh, it's amazing how we're, uh, I guess this is an example of missing time. You just said uh, hour number two. But uh, to me, we're only halfway through hour number one. Yeah, but you seem to understand, first of all, Jim, (laughs) is that, you know, when this show is broadcast, there will be a five-minute news break. There will be commercials. So, therefore, in the end, that 40 minutes or so that we consumed of the first hour is an hour. Okay, because we did a 10-minute yes. segment talking about you behind your back. So that's yeah, how Yeah, well, I, I kind of suspected that, but I thought I'd give you a chance to explain your unique methods of making time disappear. <laughs> well, yes, we do uh, missing time here. As a matter of fact, we're going to have you abducted, Jim. I think after all these now, years, before you leave you us, were, you should be abducted. You were asking me how I get the ribbons. Well, that's a, a very interesting question. Uh, the answer is that these ribbons aren't made anymore. But I know a guy uh, with a shop here that sells computers and and all kinds of uh, stationary products, you might say, kind of like a, a small Office Max type of operation. And he has a lot of contacts, and if he doesn't have in stock the kind of ribbon I want, he knows where to order it. It's funny enough, I have uh, a dozen ribbons uh, on order from him, uh, right now, because I figure as time goes by, it's going to get harder and harder to get these ribbons, and I might as well just have enough so that I can figure uh, that I have more than enough for the time that I have left to use them, you know? And also, you have one or two spare typewriters, too, don't you? Yeah, I have a total of four typewriters. I think they're all Smith Coronas. I have, by the way, 
a Smith Corona electronic typewriter from the 1980s. And I don't know if it's still operational. I guess you could still get the ribbons or cartridges for it. It actually has built-in memory, but you could use it like a regular typewriter. Maybe someday, if you really need another typewriter, let me know. It's yours. You know, well, thank you, but all I know is three of these, the ribbon slides in from the side, right? And I've got a bunch of those ribbons uh, for the future. And then the other one has just the two spools, which is the more standard thing. from The old-fashioned way, right. Yeah, right. And you never and, considered, and, you know, getting a basic computer and learning how to use a word processor? No, not, a, not at all. I mean, it, it's just more trouble to me than it's worth, and, and it works for me fine this way. Uh, I've been doing it on the same uh, typewriter for so long that, you know, I really know what I'm doing, and it's... Uh, easy for me and uh, I don't want to change it. Okay, I have some more questions, by the way, from the forums and I'll throw one or two more out from you and then we'll get into other aspects here. So why pull off such silly acts and that's the tricks that you and Gray Barker engaged in? It only adds the UFO history of nonsense regarding fraudster activities from other individuals. So did you think when you started doing things like, for example, the Straith letter, and we'll get into what that means in a moment, yeah. did you think doing stuff like that just makes it worse to get UFOs to be taken seriously? Well, yes and no. First of all, our supposedly serious motive was to stir up the saucer field because at the time of the Straith letter, I'm trying to remember, I think that was 1957, uh, the excitement of the early 50s had sort of died down, and, uh, you know, we thought we should do what we could to uh, keep the pot stirring or whatever. And secondly, yes, it adds uh, confusion, but it also adds uh, a lot of interesting uh, side effects. And my intention all along was to confess eventually, which would make the whole thing right. You can hoax people for a while, but if you're eventually admitted, I think that, uh, you know, is, is good enough. Confession uh, so, is good for the soul. But, you know, let's go back here. You know, you're a serious guy, young man. You're going out there and you're in your early 20s. You take this trip to possibly put together information for a book. Okay, the book didn't come to pass, but then you came out with the publication Nexus, which you then converted to Saucer News, but you took a less than serious attitude personally towards the subject. Why did you become discouraged? The book? Well, yes, yeah, I was somewhat discouraged then, but uh, you know my format now in, in the successor to Saucer News, which is Saucer Smear, is still uh, one of uh, slight humor, uh, innuendo, etc. I take the subject seriously, but I don't take myself all that seriously, and I like to enjoy myself. Uh, before you interrupted me, I was about to tell you uh, that I told, I remember very distinctly once I, I told Gray Barker, I said, because he was a, a good deal older than I was, and I said, you know, if you die before I do, I am going to confess about the space letter. And he said, oh, he said, why would you want to do that? And I said, well, because, you know, it was a long time ago now, and people have been uh, questioning about it and worrying about it and making theories from it and so forth. But it, it, it's okay 
that all of that happened, but they do deserve to know the truth eventually and uh, make everything right. And indeed, I remember Barker died in December of 1984, and in the first issue of my magazine in January of 1985, I had the confession for the straight letter. So, uh, uh, that was the right thing to do, and I would do the letter again, and I'd do the confession again. Did you do any other hoaxes other than the straight letter? Uh, yes, I'm starting to do it is. There was one film that we took uh, of a, a saucer in flight. What really happened was uh, Barker knew a young man, let's say at random, I just you happen to know this fellow, because uh, we need three, it needed three people for this. I believe I was driving the car. Uh, Barker was leaning out the window uh, from the death seat, so-called, and the kid was on the roof of the car uh, with a miniature saucer about six inches in diameter at the end of a fishing pole. Uh, we needed these three people. It was a minimum that we could use. So the car was moving and the saucer was moving and so on. Uh, it came out on a film to be quite interesting. Some parts of it were obviously a model, but other parts where you could uh, assume it was a real saucer zooming around in the sky. So we cut that and edited it, and I used that film in my uh, college lectures for, for a number of years. Uh, it also got around quite a bit, and I was uh, amused and amazed one time. There was a uh, saucer documentary that was not one of the really well-done ones. It was a, a slush job or some such thing. But in uh, behind the headlines, behind the writing, at the beginning and end of this uh, uh, documentary was uh, the Lost Creek Saucer. That was, was the name of this film that we took, and there it was. This was years later, and I thought, my God, it's become part of saucer history. And Almost like the was. Billy Meyer photos and the wedding cake photos where yeah. I think they used the covers of garbage cans or something like that. Well, the only thing I always wondered about, in fact, I re-wondered uh, just in the most recent smear that you may or may not have read, I, I don't believe in Myers pictures, but mainly because they're too good to be true. But on the other hand, Billy Myers has only one arm. He lost his other, I guess his left arm in an accident quite a few years back when he was a young man. And I wondered if these are models, uh, and uh, let's just be... Uh, humorous about it if he has to throw these up in the air and take the picture how does he do it with one arm very simple and, uh, jim he has help and we need help right now lots of help because we're talking to jim mosley he's editor of saucer smear the co-host is chris o'brien i'm gene steinberg you're in the paracast Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. 
plus a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. The largest part of gaining radiant health is detoxification. You can drink ionized water, cleanse your intestines, eat a perfect diet, and even take lots of quality supplements and in many instances only make minimal progress. What is the key to detoxifying your body of mercury, heavy metals, chemicals, and drugs? It is glutathione. Glutathione is the master antioxidant used to detoxify your entire body. It stops free radicals, keeps cells young, and reduces inflammation. One World Way protein powder may be able to raise your glutathione production by 64% or more. One World Whey is more effective than any other whey protein powder on the market because it is unheated and from grass-fed cows. All other, quote, cold-processed whey protein powders have been heated and damaged by 15% or more. One World Whey comes in three delicious flavors. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. You worry. We do too, so that's why we made the new OfTheField.com website. New features include the ability to grow and expand, the free foragers forum, and an ultra-secure e-commerce platform. In celebration of our launch, from now until December 6th, take 10% off on everything in our learning resources area by using the coupon code NEWSITE. That's N-E-W-S-I-T-E, no spaces. With this new platform, it is our commitment to serve the foraging community with questions, tips, tricks, and advice freely asked for and given by all. In these times, the strong and principled must stick together, share information, and form bonds stronger than any food tyranny. Wild food is both free to own and free to take, and together we can keep it that way. So go to ofthefield.com and use coupon code NEWSITE or call 888-51-EAT-FREE and give the gift that gives for life. That's ofthefield.com or call 888-51-EAT-FREE. All of nature's bounty lies at your feet. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or 
Check us out on iTunes. Notice, neighbors, that as the show progresses, Chris O'Brien's voice gets deeper and deeper and deeper and even deeper than that. Jim Mosley joining us. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Paracast. Chris, why don't you throw a few questions Jim's way? I, yeah, I, I, I would love to. This, this is so, so much fun for me. Um, you know, one of the things that um, I like to ask uh, some of the original participants in the in the ufo field from the 50s is is jim what about the contactees i mean there are quite a number of them uh, some more popular and well-known than others do you th- what what is your feeling about the whole contact d movement first of all and then and then kind of a follow-up question to that is is do you think that any of these contactees actually had a real experience or real experiences well the simple answer is probably they didn't in general I would think that these were well-meaning people, somewhat spiritual, somewhat religious, deciding to uh, put their liberal ideas across in a way that would uh, be more meaningful to people than just their own opinion. In other words, if I uh, go and say, we need to ban the atom bomb, we need to make peace with the other nations on Earth, and so on and so forth. We need to save our environment. Uh, nobody's going to pay any attention to me. But if I say uh, I met a space person who uh, told me those things, uh, then that becomes a very rare and interesting story, and people will pay attention to it, and I'll, I'll get my point across. I think that's sort of a general statement that would apply to uh, most of them. And, of course, they enjoyed publicity and profit, as anybody would. Well, how about uh, some of the, the lesser-known ones? Like, for instance, uh, Truman Bethram. That particular uh, case always intrigued me, simply for the fact that he actually wrote an entire book of love poetry to Ora Raines, the diminutive captain of the ship that he supposedly was interacting with. And it was all done in rhyming couplets. It was quite a difficult <laughs> feat that I, he pulled I off. Never, I never read his book. I didn't know there was that kind of thing in it. I, I yeah. did meet uh, I did meet Truman Bethlehem at least once out of Giant Rock, as some of your listeners know. Uh, Giant Rock, California, was out on the Southern uh, uh, California desert, and uh, for a number of years in the 50s and 60s, a, a, another contactee named George Van Tassel used to have huge outdoor gatherings uh, of, uh, of people who were contactees or were. Uh, sympathetic to to that point of view, and these were wonderful uh, conventions, uh, a few of which I attended. Well, anyway, uh, I did meet uh, Truman Bethram at at least one of those. In fact, I put his picture on the cover of my magazine once. He he was getting remarried at that time, and I happened to uh, be there. I think they had a little ceremony out out at the Rock. He had uh, his first wife divorced him because of Aura Rains, the space woman that he was uh, allegedly carrying on with. She was the other woman? Yeah, Aura Rains was the other woman. Or the other something. (laughs) Well, she was captain uh, of the ship. I believe he claimed that they had never actually had intercourse, which, of course, nobody believed. If you're going to believe in Aura Rains at all, you would assume there was intercourse. But I thought it was amusing that because of that, he had to get remarried. And uh, I, I wish I could remember the exact wording. I put his picture uh, on the cover of uh, Saucer News, 
and uh, something uh, about uh, his true love or his first love or something. And then I said, although, as we know, his first love is money. And uh, something sarcastic along that line, uh, it, it was very, I felt, very cleverly worded. And uh, I, I did have sort of a, uh, a humorous but negative attitude toward the uh, contactees. And uh, one of the things that I did, which would be time-consuming to go back over, but I wrote an expose of George Adamski, the most famous of the contactees. Probably the and most famous expose of all. Yeah, I, I'm very disappointed. I hardly ever uh, see that referred to anymore, but I ha had a whole special issue of uh, Saucer News devoted to this uh, Adamski expose. There's no doubt about the fact that uh, most, if not all, of his adventures were made up. Uh, but, and more so, it was shown that uh, he had written a uh, book years before the 1950s that was very similar to his second book, uh, Inside the uh, Spaceships. In other words, a, a fictional book uh, from uh, years earlier became uh, basically a true book later, which is sort of hard to do. Oh, yeah, that's really interesting. I had no idea. Uh, that's uh, pretty... That's a uh, pretty indicative, I think, of uh, of the actual uh, veracity of of his later uh, works. But well, you know, I'm sure you can find it somewhere on the internet because everything on Earth is somewhere on the internet. Uh, the um, well, I forget the number of it, but it was January, I guess, 1955, a special edition of Saucer News devoted to the Adamski expose and. Uh, there's a lot of detail in there. It was the only serious uh, research that I ever really did. And I, I just went around in Southern California uh, interviewing uh, the other witnesses that were with him when he had this experience on the desert uh, that the first book is about. And uh, some of the uh, other people, like the uh, guy that uh, developed his pictures and so on. And uh, there's no smoking gun, but it makes it very obvious that this thing probably didn't happen the way Adamski said it had. Wasn't there a comment, Jim, that you once quoted Adamski as saying, sometimes to get the truth in, you had to go through the back door? Well, uh, yes, that was one of my, uh, that was almost a smoking uh, gun. One of Adamski's former friends was a, uh, a guy named Gerald Baker, who at that time lived in Southern California and for a while was uh, one of the lesser figures in orbit around Jansky. And uh, they exchanged a number of letters. Baker became disillusioned with Adamski later on and uh, contributed quite a lot to my expose. And the one uh, thing that he contributed that was just what you're talking about, he sent me a photostat of this letter, handwritten uh, from Adamski to him, from that period in the probably mid-50s. And it says, someday, sometimes you have to uh, use the back door to get the uh, truth across. However, if, if I may rant on for a moment, uh, 
I think that's topped by something that happened on the Long John Show. Can I tell this one? I'll tell you what, before we go into that, because we're going to have to break in a moment, we should tell our listeners that Long John Nebel is pretty much the creator of the paranormal radio show format. I mean, people nowadays think Art Bell, of course, and Coast to Coast, that was it. But no, there would be no Art Bell or George Norrie or even the Paracast if there wasn't first Long John Nebel, a former carnival barker, his original name was John Zimmerman, I understand, but he changed it to Nebel, which was, I think, a relative's name, that kind of thing. We'll get into more of that and this experience with Adamski, Long John, Jim Mosley, editor of Saucer Smear, joining us this week. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Ray Perkins a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwells. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over five years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $209, and the Berkey guy will include three sport Berkey water bottles and ship everything to you free of charge. That's right, three sport Berkey water bottles and free shipping. An $87 value, yours free. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Do you want to get away from additives and preservatives in your food? Need alternatives to conventional food preparation? Do you want to save the fruits of your gardening labor? And are you looking for an excellent gift idea? Then check out the Excalibur Dehydrator. Dehydration is one of the healthiest, most cost-effective, and fun ways to feed yourself and your family. Make healthy snacks like fruit roll-ups and beef jerky. Store healthy food in case of an emergency with no added salts, fats, or preservatives. And save hundreds of dollars by drying it yourself with the Excalibur Dehydrator. The Excalibur Dehydrator comes with an industry-leading exclusive 10-year warranty. And when you order, you'll receive a free book filled with amazing easy recipes, a $25 value free for a limited time. Just mention coupon code GCN. Learn more and order your Excalibur Dehydrator today at dryin123.com. That's D-R-Y-I-N-G 123.com. Dryin123.com. Or call 1-800-875-4254. That's 1-800-875-4254. Season's greetings and health and wellness from Excalibur Dehydrator. Hi, I'm here talking with Don Wiskin of HeartDrop.com. 
I understand that you changed the name of your product, Don. Yes, we did. It's now Extendabyte, meaning to extend your life. Wow, extend your life. Everybody wants to extend their life. How is it made, Don? Well, Extendabyte is made from herbs gathered from many different parts of the world. We chose seven of the heart and health-related herbs known to improve your health. Your heart drops have always kept me from feeling sick or run down, Don. Will Extendivite continue to do the same thing for me? Yes, it will. All we changed was the name. I'm here because at 42, I had a heart attack and the garlic cayenne drops gave me back my life. We have been talking with Don Wiskin about his exciting new product called Extendivite. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit his website at heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P dot com. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We're back with Jim Mosley, editor of Saucer Smear. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. And before we go into the show with Long John, tell us about Long John. He was a character in and of himself. Well, he, he had an all-night radio show on WOR, which was a clear channel, 50,000-watt uh, station in New York City, and it covered a good deal of the East Coast. So it was a... A big show and quite popular. It went from midnight to 5 a.m., uh, I think every night of the week, although some nights they were on tape. Uh, but I was just going to tell you about this one time I was on with George Adansky. Adansky was the guest of the evening, and I was one of the panelists. Uh, I, I guess it's not a, a new concept, certainly, but I mean, uh, uh, John always had a guest of the evening, and then there were uh, there was a pool of maybe 20 or 30 people that uh, uh, John was more or less friendly with, and he'd choose three or four of them to be the panelists on, on a given night. So uh, one of the times that he had a Dansky on, and since I was involved with a Dansky, he put me on as a panelist. However, uh, John always took uh, the uh, mic, uh, pretty much hogged it for himself during the first hour or so of the show, and that would be the only time that a lot of people would be listening because by one o'clock in the morning the same people are going to bed because they have to get up the next day so it wasn't until about two o'clock at least that i got a chance to talk and this is what i asked Adasky. i i said uh, uh george i have read that you claim uh, that a two and two are five and this is true he had made this claim and I said, uh, can you please tell me how much two and two is? And this is the classic answer. He said, two and two can be either four, five, or six, depending on the circumstances. And I said, thank you, George. And I just let it go at that because I didn't think. <laughs> what can you say? What can you say that would rub it in any 
uh, harder than that. And whoever may have been awake at that time, if they had any question about George Adesky, I think that might have solved it for them. Now, John was also a kind of a temperamental kind of guy, wasn't he? Yes, he was. <laughs> I, I, I mean, many, many examples go uh, come, come to mind. But he, he was uh, a, a power tripper. He, he was an egomaniac. I, I didn't like him at all. But uh, it was sort of the only show in town, and I enjoyed the ego pleasure of being on the thing. Yeah, well, one story that comes to mind. Eventually, there were two shows like uh, each other. John moved from WR to uh, WNBC, I think, for a while. And uh, James Randy, the, a magician who I used to be very friendly with and am not anymore, but he and I, uh, I got to know uh, Randy, I forget how I met him in the beginning, but anyway, he had a rival show to John for about a year or so. And uh, I had had this, had some uh, trouble with John and hadn't been on the show for a while. So I went on Randy's show knowing that John had an ironclad rule. If you ever went on Randy's show or any other rival show, you could never be on his again. And I didn't care because I hadn't been on lately anyhow. So I became a regular on, on uh, Randy's show. Well, Randy finally got kicked off the air, long story, after a year or so. So then we were back to one show, and I was indeed a man without a show. However, in 1966 came the Marsh Gas thing, you might say, a whole syndrome having to do with some sightings of alleged UFOs in Michigan, which may or may not have been Marsh Gas. That's the whole story itself. But anyway, a saucer suddenly became extremely big news. In, in the mainstream, and uh, I, as the only uh, organization devoted to saucers that was listed in the Manhattan, New York phone book, I became a uh, uh, sort of a public figure for a while. All of the networks called me for a statement about flying saucers, and I got on all kinds of shows. Eventually, I got on the college lecture circuit also. But uh, the point is, at that time, you see, after John had said I would never be on the show again, he called me because now I was a bigger person and it was worth having me on the show. And he invited me back on and uh, I was forgiven and we kissed and made up and it was just a beautiful thing. Not that literally, showbiz. I hope. No, not in front of anyone at least. But that's showbiz, isn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't have kissed him, but boy, I sure would have kissed his wife. Well, which one? <laughs> he had several wives. Oh, he did? Okay. I, well, I was speaking of Candy. <laughs> She's pretty oh, odd. Candy Jones, I knew her very well also. A very nice woman. I got to know her eventually. She had her own show after John died, and I was on her show several times also. Now, there's very a nice book woman. out that came out, I don't know, somewhere around this period called The Control of Candy Jones, where supposedly <clears throat> she almost had a double personality or a double life and she was an alleged CIA agent. What was this all about? Well, I never read the book, but you... You've, uh, but you know you, the story. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to tell you just one aspect of it. Uh, that was a very strange story indeed, and I thought it might be some kind of a hoax because it was written by 
uh, one of Long John's cronies. I can't remember the guy's name now. Uh, Bloom, Bomb, Bomb, somebody, a fairly famous writer of that era. But anyway, I, I really wondered about this, and, and just to be brief, this is, I think, very interesting. How best to find out about that book than to ask Candy Jones? Well, I was on her show several times, and each time that I was on it at 5 o'clock in the morning, a limousine was supposed to come and pick Candy up and take her to her uh, condo, which was in, in midtown Manhattan. No, uh, when there's no traffic like that, just a few minutes drive from the studio. And uh, I finally started to realize that there was no limousine. I was no limousine. So I didn't mind because it gave me a, a chance to talk to uh, Candy privately off the air. And two different times I asked her uh, what was the truth about that uh, book that you're talking about. And she said to me, uh, basically, she said, Jim, I can't say that the book is not true. All I can tell you is that I have absolutely no recollection of any of that. Which is a nice way of saying that the book was a crock, which I later learned from other people that it indeed was a crock. And that's the whole story. That was just an absurdity. <laughs> you can uh, laugh out loud. It's your show. Did we lose Gene? Yeah, before we go to break, I'll give you a little time to, to think about this one. Um, I've, in the past, though, seven, eight years, have become quite uh, friendly and close with Ray Stanford. Um, who I feel oh, is yes. a very enigmatic uh, person in the field. He's, I have uh, quite, a story about him, but go I, on. Yeah, well, I would like to hear that story uh, when we come back. But uh, one of the things that I found very fascinating, uh, speaking with uh, people like yourself and Gene and Ray and, and others that I've met who, who were actually in involved in the field back in the 60s, even the 50s, uh, is that it doesn't seem like things really have changed that much uh, in many ways. And I'd love, love to hear that Ray Stanford story when we return. Now, some of our listeners wonder why we have to do cliffhangers, why we have to break every 9, 10, 11 minutes. Well, you know, commercial radio, we have to pause for our benefactors. And so we try our level best to continue with the discussion after the announcements. Of course, now we have the matter of Ray Stanford, which can be a whole couple of episodes in itself. Yeah, we'll get into the Ray Stanford story. Jim Mosley's our guest. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Are you ready to order the official Paracast t-shirt? You asked, we answered. We're now taking orders for the official Paracast t-shirt. It comes in white, 100% cotton. The front of it features the same logo that we have on our community forums. On the back it says, separating signal from noise. To order the official Paracast t-shirt, here's all you have to do. Visit our new online store at store.theparacast.com. One more time, that's store.theparacast.com. You can use a major credit card to place your order for the official Paracast 
t-shirt. Hey, neighbors, we have one more thing to talk about, and that's more merchandise at the official Paracast store. We have hats, we have jackets, we even have a flip video camcorder customized with the Paracast logo at the official Paracast store. It's all now available at the official Paracast store, store store.theparacast.com. I'm concerned about food for my family in the event of an emergency, and I know you are too. Are you ready? Don't wait for an emergency to happen. Put a plan together now with quality dehydrated food from Ready Reserve Foods. For nearly 40 years, Ready Reserve Foods has been in continuous operation canning the finest in dehydrated foods. Other companies just broker canned foods. Ready Reserve is the manufacturer controlling quality from start to finish with double enameled cans and nitrogen packing for maximum shelf life. Ready Reserve offers a balanced selection of fruits, vegetables, dairy products, proteins, and grains. Choose from a variety of pre-selected units or order by individual can to customize your own plan. When you purchase from Ready Reserve Foods, you are buying factory direct at wholesale prices. Call today for a free catalog, 1-800-453-2202 or visit readyreservefoods.com. Call 1-800-453-2202. Ready Reserve Foods. Factory direct, wholesale pricing. If you're not satisfied with how your skin is aging and want a healthy, youthful glow with immediate results, get a facelift from the inside out with Visori. Like a mini facelift, only without needles or surgery, Visori is a revolutionary youth rejuvenation skincare system that's proven to work for your money back. Visori is all natural and chemical and preservative free. It helps reverse damage to complexions as a result of aging, stress, lifestyle, and pollution. Visori reduces skin pore size, firms, lifts, and tightens, leaving you with soft, silky, shiny skin and looking years younger. You may have seen Visori reviewed by CBS TV News. Now see how Visori is helping men and women get a fountain of youth facelift at avatarfacial.com and click on CBS TV News to see video of the amazing Visori skincare system. Call 888-203-5278. That's 888-203-5278 or go to avatarfacial.com spelled A-V-A-T-A-R facial.com and click on CBS TV News. Visori, the fountain of youth facelift. Energy. This world has so much energy, yet our bodies are lacking. What if you could tap into something that gave you more energy? What if you could drink a beverage and receive more energy? Well, Life Change Tea is your answer. Our number one compliment is people receiving more energy. And our product is all natural and no caffeine. And think about this. If you have more energy, you get more done. (laughs) What a concept. If you are desiring more energy and a healthier lifestyle, It's time to drink Life Change Tea. Our name hints to our success. So here's how to order. Call us, 928-308-0408. Again, that's 928-308-0408. Or you can log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. And remember, there's only $3 shipping on your complete order. Again, more energy, more success. That's GetTheTea.com. On air, online, and on demand. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're in the Paracast. You never know what's going to happen next. We return with Jim Mosley, editor of Saucer's Smear. And we're talking about his life and times in the UFO field. Wild and woolly, we don't know. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Jim, tell us about Ray Stanford. 
Yes, you know, again, you're setting me up, uh, even without knowing it, with certain stories that I find interesting, and, and you uh, lead me into them. Uh, so that's very good. Well, Ray Stanford was a strange guy indeed, I'm sure, but this was my experience with him. We were just talking about Candy Jones's radio show after John died. It was on WMCA in, in New York. And that, again, was a, a five-hour show from midnight to 5 a.m. Well, one night, I was the only panelist, and Ray Stanford was on. So it was just the three of us, the two of us and, and Candy. And I, I don't remember all of it, but, uh, of course, Candy did most of the talking. She was asking uh, Ray different questions about his saucer research and so on. I think there had been some question about he had a, a very expensively uh, furnished uh, laboratory somewhere in Texas, I believe, uh, that had cost a couple of million dollars to set up. And there was a lot of question about where that money come from, came from and who was backing him and was there some secret plot going on. I, I don't remember all of that, but I do remember that, that Candy was asking him uh, different questions uh, along that line. and. Uh, possibly implying that there might have been something wrong uh, with the funding of, of that lab. Uh, there was an implication, you know, that there could be something to hide here and something that would be worth trying to delve into. And at, at the, But in any case, I, at a certain point, maybe two or three hours into the show, Ray became enraged. And I forget what he said before he walked off, but he was physically, literally, walked off the show and he went into the control room. He wanted to get back the release he had signed before going on. And that confuses me because I never signed any, any release before going on any show that I've ever been on, but apparently he had. I can't explain that part of it, but he went into the control room and the only guy there was an engineer. He was, there was one technician that had to be there, obviously, throughout the show. And he wanted to get his release back. And he got into a physical fight with the engineer. And you can hear crash, bang, boom. And, and, and we're uh, still on the air. And, and uh, I said to Candy, I said, perhaps we should go to a commercial. So we did. And then I said, my God, I mean, what are we going to do? I said, I, I'm, I'm scared to go in there and confront him uh, physically. Uh, so we just let it go. And finally, he, he got his uh, release back. I saw him in the, with this crumpled piece of paper in his uh, hand. And he stormed out the door and left the studio and left the area. And I heard later that he came back after we'd all gone home and he had flowers for candy he wanted to uh, make up. Well, there's a guy that you could say has a real mental problem. And, and that was my experience with Ray Stafford. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, he's uh, Ray is very temperamental. And uh, I must say that, uh, you know, having actually gotten very close to him over the years, that uh, you do uh, at times uh, have to tread on on. You know, tread very carefully around him. He is very temperamental. Uh, well, what, very, is the, what is the story on on that uh, expensively furnished uh, laboratory? Well, that was had? yeah, that was Project Starlight, and he did have some very oh, yeah, wealthy. Yeah, yeah, very wealthy benefactors who uh, actually bought the land. Uh, I think they had forty acres outside of Austin. Um, they bought the land, uh, and they were able to outfit it with donations from some very wealthy 
uh, benefactors uh, who were part of Project Starlight, and, and I think a couple of them were actual directors. Um, back then, of why, course. Why did they choose Ray to, to get involved? With well, because, you know, Ray is a very brilliant guy. Uh, you know, I have, like I said, gotten uh, very close to him. He's been working for quite a number of years on some theories uh, having to do with magnetohydrodynamic propulsion and uh, some of the optical, physical, uh, and the analysis of optical physics that he's done um, is is cutting edge uh, in terms of UFO science. Um, he well, has... He still have, does he still have that lab? Well, he doesn't. Uh, that all kind of uh, fell by the wayside, I guess, in the late 70s, early 80s. He does have all his films that he's taken over the years, and he's been analyzing them uh, religiously for... He's put in over 10,000 hours analyzing his, uh, his visual data. Uh, he just met with a world-class physicist who uh, I'm not allowed to name, um, several weeks ago and uh, blew him out of the water. Um, I've seen some of the correspondence. Ray, even though he is very mercurial, he's uh, very temperamental, very difficult, uh, crusty in, in some ways. Uh, he is an absolute off-the-scale brilliant man. His observational acuity is second to none. I know of no other person uh, with his observational skills. He's multi-disciplined uh, in his, his approach to his uh, scientific avocations, uh, including paleontology. I mean, he's totally rewritten well, East Coast he paleontology. Any, does he have any degree in physics? He does not. He does not have any degrees. Of course, his brother, Rex, his twin, identical twin brother, yeah, was... I, uh, I know he has a twin brother, yeah. Yeah, Rex, What happened to his lab? You say it fell by the wayside. What happened? Well, I'm not sure. They probably ended up parceling it off. I've, I've never really asked him what happened to all the gear. He does have the recording magnetometer they had. I think he has the gravimeter. Um, he does have some of the gear. But, um, again, I think a lot of the video uh, equipment, for instance, uh, is so obsolete that it, it would be, you know, worthless now. Um, I'm not sure what happened to the actual uh, land. It probably reverted back to the person that donated the money for it. That would be my guess. I don't know. But uh, Ray is still very, very much involved in, in the well, field. You know, Ray, uh, uh, Ray and his brother, I think, together had an experience in, was it Padre Island or something? Correct, back yeah. In the 50s, yeah. And they wrote that up for Fate Magazine, if right. I'm not mistaken. And And that was one of the... Very early saucer stories, and it was unique. It was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, and he's um, he's very, very sensitive. Some people say he's psychic. He doesn't really claim that, but he does claim that he is able to feel some sort of uh, magnetic field when these objects are around. And over the years, he's been able to to get dozens of films of UFOs, not videos, but films. Of course, he's very, very close to the vest with, uh, he's a little on the paranoid side when it comes to people, you know, <laughs> stealing his ideas, uh, you know, borrowing his work without permission, that well, sort of thing. I, Which, I, uh, I, you know, I mean, we all we all have our, our picadillos, and, and Ray, of course, has his, but he really is uh, extremely sensitive, extremely observational, uh, and, you know, I, I have seen uh, the results of, of his work, and it is, it is very, uh, very impressive. Uh, if you can if you can keep up keep up with him uh, and understand the science, uh, he doesn't have a degree. Of course, his brother Rex is one of the top parapsychologists for many years. He was a professor emeritus and tenured at uh, I think St. John's and was head of the department out there and was president of the parapsychology. Well, 
society. Uh, they're twins, aren't they? they? They must be pretty old right now. Yeah, I think Ray's 70 now, 71, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Well, anyway, I, I do think that my story fits in there somewhere. It does. Oh, yeah. I could see, I definitely could see that happening. <laughs> I've, I've gotten his hackles up uh, more than a few occasions, so. We had Ray on a couple of times in the Paracast. The first time we were talking about the Socorro, New Mexico case. And at one well, point we tried to, you know, obviously we have to do breaks every so often for our commercial benefactors. And I tried to cut off the conversation for a break and he pretty much threatened to leave. Ah, yes. That sounds like it. Uh, no, his big, his big coup was his book uh, about Socorro. And uh, uh, every time Socorro is discussed in death, uh, his name comes up. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in, in Socorro myself and know a little bit about it. And I do think it was a genuine UFO event. Uh, I don't know where the little men are from, but they're from somewhere. And I think that's what happened. There's a guy named uh, Anthony Regalia who's uh, entered the UFO field in just the last few years. And he, he got me annoyed. I, in fact, I wrote a letter to Regalia about this. Uh, he got me annoyed by insisting that the uh, Socorro incident was a uh, prank by college students at uh, New Mexico Tech who who didn't like uh, Zamora, the uh, policeman involved, and who did this as a hoax or a joke or whatever. And, you know, there is just no evidence of, of yeah, that at there's, all. There's it, no way. It's a long story. Well, you know, again, I don't want to get long-winded since you have so many breaks here, but I uh, knew, um, uh, what's his first name, uh, Professor uh, Charles Moore, of, of the uh, mogul project mogul thing which again is a long story anyway, i'll tell you what jim let's do that story in our next segment let's cover that a little bit yeah, yeah jim mosley right. editor of saucer smear and before we resume in the next segment we'll also have you give the address so people can get a copy and find out more about it chris o'brien's the co-host i'm gene steinberg you're in the paracast Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. By missing time, we're in the final hour of the Paracast. Jim Mosley's the guest. I'm Gene Steinberg. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. You're in the Paracast. Now, before we broke... Jim Mosley was about to tell us a story, further story about someone, I guess, involved in the Sicaro investigation. Yeah, well, first of all, I don't know if everybody knows what the Sicaro thing was, but uh, very briefly, it's 1964 out in the New Mexico desert. Uh, there was a, a very loud UFO, which is unusual for them to be loud, and it landed near the town of Socorro, a, a policeman named Lonnie Zamora uh, uh, happened to be on patrol in his uh, patrol car, and he got within a few yards of the thing before it finally took off. But the most interesting part was that two small humanoids in coveralls were seen in, next to the craft at, at one point, and then they hopped back into the craft before it left. So. That has always been assumed to be an unknown. Uh, J. Allen Hayek was out there himself investigating it, and he 
he admitted he didn't know what it was. And uh, one of the other investigators, indeed, was Ray Sanford, and he wrote a book about it. I think it was called, what, Socorro something in a Pentagon? Pantry. Socorro Saucer in a Pentagon Pantry. It's a classic. Okay, right, right. But, okay, so getting to this, this guy, Anthony Bergaglia, in recent years, has been stirring up all kinds of stories, and I think just in many cases just to get attention, and he has come out with the theory that this was a prank by college students. Well, uh, Professor Charles Moore, who was uh, famous for the Mogul Balloon, and that's another story too long to go into, but he was uh, well-known in the UFO field, and I... Uh, had kept in touch with him for a number of years. And when I was out in Socorro, I believe in 1996, Moore was living in Socorro. And of course, he had, uh, was familiar with uh, New Mexico Tech, which I believe was also in Socorro. And, he, and Moore had taught there uh, probably uh, continually for quite a number of years. So he would have known if there was any rumor about the college students uh, having uh, some kind of a hoax uh, club or something. That's what Begalia claims. And that this was a hoax by them, specifically uh, against Lottie Zamora, because he, uh, Zamora, as a cop, had given some of them speeding tickets and so on. I mean, this is a whole angle that uh, no one has ever mentioned before. But the point is, I spent a, a day with Charles Moore in Socorro, and Moore took me out to the exact spot where this thing had landed because that's sort of like a holy spot and there's some kind of a circle of stones that people have put there so you can find it. And I never asked more specifically could it have been a hoax by the students of New Mexico Tech because I had never heard such a theory. But I do know that Rohr told me specifically and clearly that if it wasn't a U.S. government experiment and there was a certain experiment that was uh, suspected of having been the cause of this, and that if it wasn't that, then he didn't know what it was. And so he was mystified, and he never, ever alluded to anything about students at, at the college that could have uh, pulled a hoax like that. So, uh, you know, we were we were on a different subject, but Socorro came up, and uh, one of my favorite cases, and I, I just uh, think that it was uh, genuine. That's my opinion. Let's look at the origins and purposes of UFOs. At one time you had an Earth theory in the 50s. Was that a joke or what? Well, it was a semi-thing. I was saying uh, I think more than anything else to, to uh, annoy the uh, outer space believers. Uh, uh, certainly it's true that a lot of these things that has been shown again and again have, have been U.S. Uh, secret uh, spy planes and one thing or another, but for to try to solve the whole thing in in terms of that would be impossible. So I eventually dropped that theory. It's really about all there is to that. And then for quite a while, I, I thought they were possibly uh, from Mars because uh, there's some feeling, I don't know where it came from, that small men, small humanoid would, uh, would logically come from Mars because uh, Mars was uh, capable of having human life, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, eventually, we found out more Mars is not particularly hospital uh, to human life, and uh, it would be very unlikely that these saucers would come from Mars. And then uh, I moved on into this, that, and the other until finally I became in the last 20 years maybe where I am now, which is 
vaguely 4D, thinking that they are absolutely genuine, but they're not from another planet. That's my present view. Okay, would you define 4D? Well, I'm just using that term. I think anything that alludes to the paranormal, uh, we could be talking about another dimension, another realm. I mean, you can use any kind of words you want because you're trying to explain something that's unexplainable. So the words you use are not very important. It's just something that we don't understand. And I don't think we can pinpoint it as coming from another planet. There's too many things wrong with that theory. So my belief is that it's something from here, but not from here. It's, it's 4D. Okay, so when you say here and not from here, you mean maybe I mean, a parallel universe that coexists yeah, with our own? Yeah, you can, you can throw those terms around as well as I can, Gene. Parallel well, I universe. invented a few that, of them. <laughs> that, that, has no meaning, that has no meaning whatsoever, but I like it. Parallel universe, yes, that's where they're from, Gene. The old meta-terrestrial hypothesis. <laughs> yes, <laughs> meta-terrestrial, I hadn't heard that. That's yeah, that's a, kind of a valet, uh, a valet <laughs> term. Of course, valet, then you have you have the new crypto terrestrial uh, theory that yes. the late Mactones came up with, and yes, yes, that uh, we're dealing with. You know, uh, I guess something Richard Shaberish, uh, Duros well, and Turos. Well, didn't John Keel invent the word crypto terrestrial? I'm well, ult- sure. ultra terrestrial was his. Oh, ultra terrestrial. That was right. him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, it's something like that. I, uh, you know, I was reading just in the last couple of days, I, I got a free a review copy of this, which I was very pleased with. There's a, a new book out by Stan Gordon called Silent Invasion. And uh, it, it's uh, mainly uh, about the slap in the state of Pennsylvania uh, around 1973. And... Uh, this really gets weird. I, I think you uh, are familiar with this kind of thing, uh, Chris, uh, or uh, things like it. But there are listed here uh, several cases where UFOs and Bigfoot are seen at the same time. And that uh, sounds like a joke, but it isn't. I mean, uh, he doesn't name the people. Everybody's got pseudonyms, but there are cases that sound authentic, uh, where Bigfoot is uh, coming off of a saucer or is in the foreground doing different things while the saucer is sitting there landed in the background. I mean, uh, if these things are true, I mean, we're dealing with a, a mess. I mean, uh, something that we really don't understand. Yeah, I tell you, the skeptics sure love it when, when stories like that and cases like that surface. There there have been quite a number of cases uh, over the years that, that feature crypto creatures like Bigfoot in conjunction with UFOs. I think uh, up in, in the about the same time period, there were some reports up in Montana uh, that were similar. You also have uh, in the late 70s, the Clearview case, which occurred in Colorado near the Air Force Academy, where Air Force officers arrived in a saucer and uh, Bigfoot was standing under a tree, apparently under their control. I'll tell you what, we'll go into box. that in a moment, but I made a big promise to Jim Mosley for this segment. He is going to now tell you very briefly how to get a copy of Saucer Smear. Jim? Yeah, well, let's just make it brief. If you'd like a free sample copy, and then we'll go on from there. So the first one is free, and then you can see what you want to do later. Uh, write to me, that's Emmy, or, or you can write to Jim Mosley either way. As long as you get P.O. Box 1709, Key West, two words, Key West, Florida, 
33041. And we'll be glad to hear from you. And uh, I go to the mailbox every day, and I want to see your letter there. And if he doesn't see it, he's going to call me. He's going to complain. So please, neighbors, write to Jim. Ask for a copy of Saucer Smear. You will find it a refreshing change from the standard UFO-oriented stuff. Jim Mosley joining us. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. For 58 years, Fate has provided true reports of the strange and unknown. Fate brings you the latest in all aspects of the paranormal, like angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, and much, much more. To receive your complimentary Fate magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. Hi, this is Tamar from Namecheap. We're a domain name and web hosting company, and we really care about our customers. With domain name purchases, Namecheap offers free SSL and free WhoisGuard for a year to protect your identity from spammers. Most importantly, we care about you. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at radio.namecheap.com, radio.namecheap.com for web hosting and domain name specials. You can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Namecheap or become a fan of ours on Facebook at facebook.com slash Namecheap. See you online. Jim Newcomer from Midas Resources, December 3rd, 2010. Gold opened this morning at 1388.70. A one ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1424.63, 712.32 for a half ounce, or 356.16 for a quarter ounce. That's 1424.63, 712.32, or 356.16. Again, the Congressional Budget Office sounds the alarm, warning of Greek style U.S. debt crises. CBO is drawing a parallel between U.S. economy and the Greek economic meltdown. Debt to GDP climbing to unfamiliar territory and deficits rising to unsupportable levels. Hi, Ted Anderson. The Federal Debt and Risk of Financial Crises document the CBO has published is a must-read for every American. Covering the risks of deficit spending, aging population, and rising interest rates spells economic disaster. Call today at 800-686-2237. I'll send it free. Again, call 800-686-2237. Ask for the CBO document. Call 800-686-2237. Becoming a modern smoker is now easier and more cost-effective, thanks to LeSig. Traditional smokers the world over love LeSig. E-cigarettes with a look, feel, and taste of real cigarettes, but without the nasty smoke, ashes, or stains. LeSig is powered by revolutionary microelectronic technology. A small, rechargeable battery and unique replaceable cartridge provide all the satisfaction and benefits of smoking without the smoke and all the hazards. See the large variety of LeSig e-cigarette supplies and accessories at LeSig.com. That's L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig is competitively priced, comes with the best customer service, a 30-day warranty, and satisfaction guaranteed. What a great gift idea. For a 10% discount, mention GCN when you call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Ask for fast, free, same-day shipping. Order online at lesig.com and use promo code GCN at checkout. That's L-E-C-I-G.com. Lesig for today's modern smoker. Forget everything you've been told about long-term food storage. When all hell breaks loose, you'll need the single most effective way to get high-powered Delta Force nutrients to your family fast. Like any Special Forces Commando, you need a plan. You need a Black Hawk Down food plan. 
Introducing the Survival Sprout Bank from Solutions from Science. It's your countertop survival garden. Yes, grow fresh greens right on your countertop in just a few short days. Sprouts are the green shoots that emerge from newly germinated seeds, and they are powerhouses of living, easily absorbed nutrients. The Survival Sprout Bank is a complete kit with nothing else to buy. And with sprouts so easy to grow, even children can grow emergency food. Call 877-327-0365 or go to survivalsproutbank.com. That's 877-327-0365 or order online at survivalsproutbank.com. Survival Sprout Bank, your Black Hawk Town emergency food plan. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. Time is flying when you're having fun with Jim Mosley and Turp Saucer no, Smear. Yeah. We're into the third hour, I think, yes. We're in the last part of the third hour, Jim. You know, it just, you know, we have this kind of alternate reality here where time speeds up so fast that yeah. it's incredible. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. He speeds up, too. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. And we were theories. Now, once you start talking about 4D, do you find the people who are still invested in having E.T. be the one they kind of come back to you and say it's it's ridiculous. Well, yes, yes, they they do. I mean, but I notice over a period of time, and there's a couple of names that I wanted to mention that just don't come to me right now. But some of the investigators, I, I think Stan Gordon is certainly one of them, for instance, who have been in the field for a long time and started out 3D and uh, so forth. Uh, when they come across cases like the one I just mentioned, where, I mean, who would think that a technical, uh, technological thing like uh, a saucer and a crude humanoid that may or may not be a throwback or something in our evolutionary uh, chain here on Earth, like Bigfoot, how these two things could exist at the same time in the same place, I mean, that in itself, as I said before, boggles the mind. So when when investigators, and I'm, I'm sure Chris is absolutely one of them, uh, find out that there are credible stories of, of that kind, uh, you either got to just throw in the towel or say, look, you know, it's, it's, it's something more complicated than nice little creatures and, and uh, nice little saucers coming from other planets because it, it just isn't that simple at all. I've sure been banging that drum for a while, that's for sure. I think Gene can back me up on that one. Well, I was banging yeah, that drum, uh, I think, I, early I, I, on. You know, Alan Greenfield and I were talking about this stuff back in the 1960s, and it wasn't too long before you got on the bandwagon, Jim. Yeah, well, I think, uh, well, Greenfield is off into other things that I just don't understand at all. But when it, when it comes to saucers, yeah, I'm sure that he is not... The nuts and bolts, man. Uh, you've had him on the show, and I think you know that. One of the things I wonder about here, too, is the fact that UFO field goes in waves. You know, in the 60s and 70s, we picked up on the 4D or whatever, ultra-terrestrials, parallel universes. It reverted back to E.T. Why does that happen? Is it because of frustration, you know, or because people start all over again in UFO research and they don't see what happened before? Well, I don't, I don't know if that's a, a trend, uh, what you just said, re- reverting back to, to, um, E.T. The only person like that that I 
know uh, offhand is Jerry Clark, and we may have talked about him before. It seems to me that in his college days and thereafter, he was very Freudy, and he wrote a book uh, called The Uninvited or The Unexplained, I forget. It was uh, Jerry Clark's first book, where he was very far out. And then uh, he sobered up or something after a few years and gave up all of that far out stuff and became uh, very 3D. And, and now I'm not sure just where he is. I don't ask, I don't dare ask because he's uh, kind of touchy. By the way, Gene, you know, I made up with Jerry Clark right on, on your show, I believe, the last time I was on. Are you aware of that? Of course. So therefore, yeah. you should have no problem. Give him a call. Say, hi there. How's it going? <laughs> now, now, one of the things, and we don't have an awful lot of time here to pursue everything with Jim Mosley, but I want to get all this stuff on record because I think you've done a lot of things in the field that people don't appreciate. The fact you've been here so long, observed all these things, observed the crazy people in the field. And one of the arguments and one of the things that came up recently in your magazine reflects on a recent flare-up of the controversy about UFO abductions, but some of it also relates to the so-called sex and saucers thing, such, for example, Truman Bethram being sued by his wife because of the alleged alliance with the woman who captained the spaceship, Aura Reigns. So where does, and obviously accepting this is commercial radio, so we may have to sidestep a few words and phrases Sex and saucers, my friend. What do you just, you've just silenced me. You asked me a question and now you've silenced me. How can I discuss these things without using certain words and phrases, Gene? Well, we can so use the word sex and saucers, so tell us why is there say, that aspect can I say to it? S E X and saucers? That, you can is do that, that right? sure. Uh, okay. Saucer pap smear. Well, go on, go on. Okay, so where did this fascination come up? Was it just the Truman Bathroom thing that started it? Where is this sex and saucers come through into the picture? Well, uh, there's a, uh, there's so many examples of that. I mean, uh, way back when, uh, there was the one from Brazil, I think, uh, uh, Boras, or whatever his name was, was uh, a farmer who was uh, somehow lured on board a flying saucer and had sex with this I think 10 foot tall woman that was on board. I don't remember all of the details, but I mean, there have been examples of sex and saucers uh, throughout the history of, of the subjects, and I think more so with the abduction. Certainly, there is some sexual overtone to the whole subject. And uh, by, by the way, uh, you had um, oh, the uh, investigator of abductions from. Uh, Pennsylvania, you know, Jacobs, you had him on, on your show recently with Bud Hopkins, and since I don't have a computer, I miss all of your shows, but I've gotten somebody that's going to play that show for me at a certain time in a couple of days, because I'm very anxious to hear it. Well, you know, I, I, I think they didn't say anything that you're not familiar with. I mean, you know the general flavor no, no, of well, their investigations what I'm, uh, what I'm interested in this isn't quite the same as sex and sauces but what I'm interested in right at this moment is not just the abductions but the uh, effect that the abductees 
and the various things involved with abduction with the phenomena or the syndrome, how they affect the abduction researchers themselves. And without going into all of it, uh, if you read The Current Smear, for instance, or listen to your own show, you are certainly going to realize that uh, David Jacobs has been affected adversely, I fear, uh, by the very stuff that he's been investigating. So he's no longer an objective investigator, if he ever was. He's been taken in or taken out or something by these entities, uh, which we don't even know for sure exist. And I think that's quite a strange and interesting thing. You're also basically quoting the recent issue of UFO magazine and the editorial from Bill Burns on the subject. Uh, yes, exactly. I quote that at length in, in Saucer Smear, the same free issue that these good people will get when they, when they write in, yes. Okay, so briefly summarize that. Bill Burns is not here to speak with us, but maybe summarize that, and perhaps we'll have Bill on in the future to expand upon it. Well, it, it's just, I'd have to, let me... Uh, go across the room for 30 seconds and, and get that issue and I'll just quote from you uh, one thing that was on the uh, cover of UFO magazine that's uh, attributed to uh, uh, Dr. Jacobs. Uh, and I ladies and gentlemen, as Jim walks across his room. All right, I'm walking. And right, and this is he's walking. You know, this is really spontaneous radio where we have Jim Mosley actually walking at his age, which can be amazing in and of itself. But in any case... Jim Mosley, editor of Saucer Smear, is joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. You're in the Paracast. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the Earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel... Or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. Is it really possible to get out of debt without payment plans or attorneys? 18 years ago, we developed a program that has made thousands debt-free in just 90 days. It's called Zero Debt in 90 Days, and it works for all credit card debt, medical bills, even collection lawsuits. When I first joined, I was being sued, so I used the program methods... And after filing one piece of paper, the collection lawsuit was dismissed. With zero debt in 90 days, your success is guaranteed in writing. There is no other program of its kind. Don't be alone when creditors gang up on you. Let our team of experts provide the resources to fight back and stop creditors in only 90 days. Guaranteed. Prevent wage garnishments, bank levies, and stop collection calls with our proven program. Call Zero Debt in 90 Days now, 800-477-9256, and ask for free information from an expert who also completed our program. 800-477-9256 or ZeroDebtGuaranteed.com 800-477-9256 or ZeroDebtGuaranteed.com 
Where have all the military surplus stores gone? Don't worry, you don't need one. Because everything you need at Military Surplus is at MainMilitary.com. That's M-A-I-N-E Military.com. One of the last surviving true military surplus stores in the country. Go online now to MainMilitary.com and discover a source for hard-to-find surplus items at true surplus prices. Surplus gun cleaning kits as low as $2.99. Complete chemical suits as low as $11.99. See our huge selection of gas masks, filters, and accessories. Finish and M10 gas masks are three for $30. And Swiss filters are three for $12. Searching for Strike Anywhere matches? MainMilitary.com has them. Plus a whole new product line of survival and first aid kits and lots more. Get free shipping on orders over $50 only at MainMilitary.com. That's M-A-I-N-E Military.com. Or call 877-608-0179. 877-608-0179. MainMilitary.com. The main name in military supply. Fight back this cold and flu season with the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. Why Ali C? Because it helps your body fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Ali C has been scientifically proven in double blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Ali C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Ali C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Ali C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 1-877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com for your Ali C today. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com Get in on all the action at forum.theparacast.com So we have Jim Mosley. As we broke, Jim Mosley was busy walking to the other side of his vast living room area in his palatial estate in Key West, Florida, which I think is basically a one-room studio apartment. Anyway, and he's going to get the material from the most recent issue of Saucer Smear. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. And I raised the subject, I dared to raise the subject about sex and saucers. And in raising that, we opened a can of worms. So Jim has gotten a copy of the most recent issue of Saucer Smear, and he pledges he'll send out copies of that to those who request it. And now, Jim. Yeah, well, I... uh have in, in an article that I wrote uh, based on this story, as you said, uh, in UFO Magazine, uh, there was an editorial by uh, the editor of that, uh, Burns, and uh, there was another article in there by someone else. But the quote that I find most interesting is from the cover of UFO Magazine, and it says, I am in a rather severe crisis with the aliens. I will be talking to them tonight about my future and what they will or will not do to me. 
that's mm-hmm. a quote. Now, that's not a, a Dutchie talking, that's the researcher himself talking. And that oh, boy. It gets very, very strange. Yes. So maybe he's eating his own dog food. Yes, well, let's see, I have, a, uh, whatever that means, I have here that I jotted down, I think, yesterday when we were talking on the telephone, which some people still do, and you said I could quote the following from you. We get the aliens we want or deserve, and I think that's uh, there's a bit of truth there. Chris, wow, what's yes. your take on all this craziness? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, actually, the I'm still reeling from the quote from... Uh, from David Jacobs, that's uh, that's very troubling. Uh, once you lose yeah, well, that objectivity, uh, all uh, bets are uh, off. Uh, so uh, you're right. I mean, there is something certainly to the abductions. Uh, I don't think they're space aliens, but it's uh, some something akin to poltergeist, something akin to whatever you want it to be akin to. There's something going on. There's probably some external intelligence that is playing with these people's minds. I mean, and we've got to learn more about it, and it's a valid uh, field of inquiry. But now I've moved on for the moment from there, and I want to know what kind of people the uh, abducted researchers are. I mean, I know something about Hopkins. He's not a licensed uh, therapist or a licensed anything. He's an artist, and uh, he's uh, apparently done some good work, but I'm sure he's had a subjective uh, relationship with some of these objectees himself, which I could go into further, but then who needs the lawsuit? So uh, that's Hawkins, and now Jacobs, who seems to be quite heavily off the deep end. There's another well-known uh, abduction researcher named Leo Sprinkle, who oh, yeah. appar- apparently his abductees that he regresses are uh, involved with more uh, benign, friendly uh, aliens than uh, those that appear to, to the other two researchers I just mentioned. The, the idea being uh, something like what Gene said, uh, the nature of the beings uh, or the they come through whatever they may be are somehow connected with the personality of the uh, person that's doing the uh, abduction research and that's rather strange well that that definitely came up on the show that we had with bud and and david uh, i yeah. did ask the question why does it appear that you guys seem to attract the kind of cases um that are similar to cases that you've had in the past and uh, there was a pretty a couple of pretty interesting observations on that. I think, you know, people who are trying to get to the bottom of unusual experiences in their lives, uh, very traumatic ones in, in some cases, uh, tend to look for substantiation of their quality of experience uh, in other uh, publicized experiences. And then they tend to gravitate towards the investigator uh, who was, you know, working with that particular person. So... This whole subject, uh, Jim, came up on our show with Bud Hopkins and David Jacobs, and one of the things that, that we asked was, how come it seems that you seem to have very similar cases one after another? And um, I, I, some of the answers were, were quite revealing, I think. And uh, well, are, are you saying that uh, abductees with similar problems go to the same uh, researcher or, or the other way around? I don't follow you. Well, yeah, words, these these does, guys are not does, out fishing does, does for cases. The researcher put in somehow put his own personality, his own hangups, his own paranoia, if you will, into uh, the mesh that, uh, that he gets from the abductee. Is he, you know, projecting his own thoughts into the uh, into the stew, so to speak? 
Well, yeah, I, I think it's a it's like a it's a closed feedback loop. I think I think yeah. uh, the researcher attracts a kind of case that he's familiar with, and then that he then whether it's I, I don't think it's conscious, but probably subconsciously he then throws uh, fuel on the fire and. And you have this feedback loop going on. And then after a thousand cases, uh, I could see why someone like a David Jacobs would be, uh, you know, <laughs> wondering what the aliens have in store for him next. I, you know, it's it's really unfortunate because I, I agree, Jim, this is a real phenomenon. Um, I don't think it's uh, it's 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 exactly the way it appears. I think obviously there's there's hidden hidden elements going on. But uh, we do need to be as objective as possible and we do need to get professional uh, psychotherapists involved in this field. Uh, Absolutely. I think, yeah, I, and and the whole idea of hypnotic regression. Gene and I have we've discussed this on quite a number of occasions on the show here. It is a flawed investigative tool uh, yeah. in the hands in the hands of amateurs. Uh, and More and so. enough said oh, on yes, that. Yes, yes. Say that again. Yeah. The, I I think that you know, like the government tries to regulate everything, and this is so offbeat they may never even think of it, but there should be some regulation of, you know, of some qualifications that you need before you can become an abduction uh, researcher. And, uh, you know, if you have no such qualifications, then you shouldn't be allowed to do it. That's my opinion. We don't license UFO investigators of any kind because basically it's not an official field of study. So, exactly. yeah, but it, all, but it would have to be then up to the individuals or the UFO organizations to pick people with the proper professional qualifications. And I kind of suspect when people like David Jacobs and Bud Hopkins get into this, they start out with the best of intentions. They even bring professional therapists online, but these therapists, you know, they may pass on to other interests. They may not have the time to pursue this in full detail. So at the end of the day... Suddenly, they have to do it themselves, but they are not qualified. And one of the issues you raise, which is why I gave you the quote about getting the aliens we need or deserve, is the fact that they can ask leading questions. You know, a non-professional can yeah. engage in hypnotic regression, ask leading questions, and plan suggestions that Absolutely. may impact the stories. Really serious. Absolutely. That helps to mold the story right there. I agree with you 100%. So what do we do? I mean, how do we get professional researchers with therapeutic education well, well, and certification? Words, uh, to, to be just, you know, like a, a MUFON investigator, I mean, you go to a, a normal so-called 3D case and you talk to the people and all that. You know, any normal intelligent person should be able to do that. But when you're going to have an opportunity to play with people's minds just as apparently the aliens do and you become a part of the mesh you should be required to have you know some qualifications whatever they might be a degree in psychology a, a professional uh, um, whatever certificate uh, that you're a qualified hypnotist whatever it might be but you can't just let everybody do that because these Abductees indeed are neurotic. I mean, uh, to a degree, they're not crazy, but there's something wrong there. And you know, you're going to very possibly make them worse uh, and make them suffer more than they would have otherwise. I'll tell you what, this is something that is so important. We have to pursue it further. Jim Osley, editor of Saucer Smear, joins us. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. 
Are you ready to order the official Paracast t-shirt? You asked, we answered. We're now taking orders for the official Paracast t-shirt. It comes in white, 100% cotton. The front of it features the same logo that we have on our community forums. On the back it says, separating signal from noise. To order the official Paracast t-shirt, here's all you have to do. Visit our new online store at store.theparacast.com. One more time, that's store.theparacast.com. You can use a major credit card to place your order for the official Paracast t-shirt. Hey, neighbors, we have one more thing to talk about, and that's more merchandise at the official Paracast store. We have hats, we have jackets, we even have a flip video camcorder customized with the Paracast logo at the official Paracast store. It's all now available at the official Paracast store, store store.theparacast.com. Question, what would you rather drink, acidic water which burns holes in your body and causes loss of bone mass, or alkaline water which promotes high energy and vibrant health? The answer is clear. And if you're drinking acidic water, you're helping cancer cells and bacteria to grow out of control. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals. Using Plasma pH Drops is the best way to alkalize your water and help you get rid of acid and regain your health and energy. Simply put 10 drops in the water you drink to the pH to a healthy alkaline level. Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. Disease organisms like bacteria, viruses, or cancer cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops now by going directly to AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or by calling 269-409-1776. Again, 269-409-1776. You may not be thinking of lead and brass as precious metal investments. And you may not be thinking about ammo when we say Battery Station. But you should, because Battery Station has a large inventory of the most popular calibers. Just go to BatteryStation.com and click on Ammunition. There, you'll see where Second Amendment patriots invest in precious metals for 380, 9mm, 40 cal, 45 ACP, 38 special, 357 magnum, 223, 30-06, 308, and more. Be sure to look for the October GCN specials in blue boxes, too, at BatteryStation.com. We shoot what we sell, and all Battery Station ammo is all factory. No reloads. You'll enjoy great customer service, great prices, and fast shipping. Plus, all orders over $30 will receive a free patriotic flag. So invest in gold and silver. But don't forget about investing in lead and brass, too, at BatteryStation.com. Call 417-257-7799 or go to BatteryStation.com today. In a coming-apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. 
The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. You're in the Paracast. You never know what's going to happen next. Chris is starting to sound like he might have been abducted as I was talking to Jim. (laughs) You know, he's looking for someone to abduct him right now. So aliens come to Chris's house. His address is... No, I can't say it. Take me, take me. (laughs) Chris O'Brien is the co-host, of course. Jim Mosley, editor of Saucer Smears, our guest. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Powercast. And we're getting to the larger question here where people who report UFO abductions, there are serious mental health issues. Genuine or not, I don't pretend to know. But when you get people who are laymen mussing around with somebody's mind... Jim, it can cause all sorts of havoc, can't it? Well, I'm uh, agreeing with you, you know. I'll interview you if you want to talk, because what you're saying is absolutely uh, common sense. As I also say in the current smear, I usually agree with your blogs on the net, because you sound just like I do, and you speak mainly from common sense, and that's what you're saying now. So uh, how could I disagree? I so think Chris there. agrees with a lot of this, too. Oh, yeah, I do. And uh, although some people on our Paracast forums might think that I'm a, a total Kool-Aid drinking true believer, I'm actually quite critical. And, and, and the older I get and the longer I'm in this field uh, actively, the more skeptical I become. And, and the more I scratch my head at some of the flawed uh, thinking out there. And uh, I don't think uh, I'm not becoming more skeptical. I'm just overwhelmed by how complex this thing is and how unlikely it is we're going to solve this anytime soon. I mean, that's uh, what upsets me because uh, I don't believe I'm going to be here to see any uh, solution to this, and it's just going to stay pretty much the way it is for quite a long time. Okay, so that raises a larger question. Are we meant to understand it, or is it just a technique to get us to move to the next level? Well, Worse, if that's what it, if if it's uh, structured so that we're not supposed to understand it, which is something that I've thought about, then we're not going to understand it. Not until we get much, much further in ahead in our own science. And even though science is moving extremely rapidly, it could be fifty or a hundred years before we understand what's going on here. Yeah, yeah, it's three steps forward, two steps back, definitely. So as somebody who has played the role of UFO hoaxer or trickster and a very serious researcher to boot, what do you think we can do, if anything, to get people to focus more seriously on this subject? Well, that's a good question. The reason that people like Tino and others in, in the early days kept out of the paranormal completely and just didn't want to hear about any any case that had that kind of overtone because they were fearful and quite rightly so that the general public would have enough trouble understanding or believing in uh, saucers from another planet. I mean, that sounds off the top of your head quite obvious. If we can get there, then they can get here and all that. That's simple enough. But if you're going to get deeper into it than that, then you're going to lose a lot of people that might otherwise uh, believe you and you make the whole subject uh, worse but unfortunately that's where it's at it's worse Mm -hmm. yeah 
Well, it's, I don't know, Gene, where do you take it from there? I think uh, you brought up a very good point. It's almost self-negating. I think that's the whole problem. I don't know how we can possibly ever resolve this because, you know, there's so many vested interests in the UFO field. We have the exopolitics people who figure that the answer is there, the government knows about it, and therefore, you know, we only have to reveal what's happening. We have, of course, that NASA press conference this week that may or may not have some ET-related implications, and we'll talk about that on our next episode. In case you're wondering why we're not doing that right now, of course, we normally record the show a few days in advance, but believe you me, we'll get the cutting-edge information. But then, Jim... You know, looking back, do you think, having talked to people in the government, that they know anything at all? Well, I can't say that I've. <laughs> that gives me more uh, prestige than I deserve. I haven't talked to, to people in the government, but I. Well, have you did a visit with the people at Project Blue Book early on. Yeah, right. Well, okay, that's 40 years ago, but I mean, I think uh, my best guess, and I don't think I'm too far off. I think the government certainly knows more about this subject than we do. They have gun camera pictures and they have all kinds of things that we don't have access to. But uh, at the bottom line, I don't think they certainly don't have captured saucers. I, I do not believe that. I think they know more about this than we do and certainly more than they want us to know, but they do not have any proof and they don't have any answers and in a certain degree they are as mystified as we are. That's what I think. I think they're more mystified because they know more. Well, and, and not only more mystified, but, you know, uh, there's a problem. They are paid, you know, the, the military particularly are paid to defend this country. And if there's something out there and up there that they can't understand and can't do anything about, that makes them look pretty bad if anybody ever wanted to make an issue of that. I, I think that's something that probably bothers them a great deal. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And how, how, can they, uh, how can they be in charge and be in control when they're not in charge and not in control of the situation? They'll never admit that. I think how all these other countries... The other countries that are they're doing the uh, the releasing of materials, I think, is just to take the heat off the U.S. That's my gut feeling on it. Uh, how, how much time do we have left? We have probably about four minutes, three minutes. Yeah, well, I can tell this very briefly. When I went to the Pentagon, let's say in the 60s, and I was telling the uh, public information officer uh, about a recent story, and that you, you probably remember. It was in Brazil, uh, two... Uh, saucer researchers uh, were killed on a mountain when they went to a rendezvous with a flying saucer and their dead bodies were found and the cause of death was never learned. A very fascinating story, not very well known. And I was telling that to this uh, public information officer and he was getting very interested and then he, he said to me, wait a minute, uh, where did you say that happened? And I said, Brazil. He said, oh, well, <laughs> I, we uh, we only have the mandate to defend the, the skies of the United States. If it happened in Brazil, I don't care what it was. And that's just about what he said. I think that was uh, priceless. Do you think, though, that maybe the Air Force Project Blue Book was mostly just kind of a cover-up or just something for public information not to really do research? Well, I think it was understood as pretty much at the time, or, or it was exposed, one of the few things that the civilian researchers learned. It was definitely 
a situation where the really important uh, cases that might involve classified information, etc., were not uh, rooted to Project Blue Book. They they went to another entity. I forget the name of it now. And that's so, yeah, Blue Book didn't get anything uh, very, very strange or important, and uh, it didn't last that long anyhow. Uh, it really only, if I think uh, I remember correctly, not more than a, a very few years, and then they came out with their final report, Project Blue Book uh, Report Number 14, which was extremely interesting, and that's another long story. Uh, and then we'd have to bring up the story of your friend, Dr. Leon Davidson, the scientist who came out with yes. a special version of report number 14 from Project Blue Book. But yes, that goes did. beyond the scope mm-hmm. of this program, because the next thing, the most important task that we can do, Jim Mosley, is to take the next minute or so. And you can tell our listeners again how they can get that special issue of Saucer oh, Smear God. that has the editorial on the abduction matter. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm Dr. Jacobs, right. Well, okay, once again, uh, Jim Mosley, P.O. Box 1709, 1709, Key West, Florida, 33041. If I'm finished, then I will be on my way. Well, you're not going on your way. You're staying with us because I need you to say one more time, Jim, what that address time. is because you know people are writing it down they're stopping their cars they're listening to this in the uh, yeah, cars they don't want to have an accident trees. they don't yeah. want to engage in distracted driving give them the address one more time P.O. Box 1709 Key West Florida 33041 Chris O'Brien our friendly <laughs> personable <laughs> co-host where do we find more of the stuff that you do well, I have a website. It's called Our Strange Planet, O-U-R, strangeplanet.com. It's a strange planet we live in. It's our strange planet. He also lurks in the Paracast forums at forum.paracast.com. And from me and Chris O'Brien, Jim Mosley, thank you for joining us this week on the Paracast. Thank you, Jim. Okay, glad to be here. presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.